The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. We're up for your first ever podcast, Gina Cloud. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what if I don't have anything to say? You do, I guarantee you do. How did you avoid doing podcasts for this long? Just saying no. Really? I, I just tell people I'm, I'm kind of just don't know what's ever going to come out of my mouth, so... It's going to get, I have no idea what we're going to talk about today. Well, that's good. It's always better that way. I mean, we could talk about anything. We could talk about, well, there was a moment um, where you were going to come back. You're the OG. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, gosh, there was. No, you're the OG. Thank you. Is it, in terms of women's MMA, who the fuck is more OG than you? I you're mean, the original star. Well, like. Not MMA, but like Lucia Riker. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, Muay Thai. Yeah, and in boxing. Yeah, and then there's Christy Martin and yeah. you know a lot of other folks. And, and then yeah. there was like the Debbie Purcells and Aaron. Um, and Wolf. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of like women combat sports athletes, but in, in terms of MMA, you're you're the OG. Well, I I appreciate that coming from you. That means a lot. I always what was it like back then. Um, because <laughs> like you were the OG when it was weird to be fighting, and it was weird to be fighting as a woman. Yeah, the, uh, it was just um, you would go into the gym, and it was just uh, well, we started at Master Toddies, so there was a, a couple girls there that really liked to fight, but they liked to more look good and the attention that that fighting came from. Oh, yeah. Um, it wasn't all about, like, the fight. So There's a lot of that now, right? Now it's, like, like that. But um, it was like that then, too. Um, I don't know. A lot of, like, the... What's her name? Aaron... God. Is Debbie Purcell and Aaron something? Aaron Toehill. Toehill. Yes. So they were actually the people, I would say, that started way before Yeah, Aaron before was... Us. She's been around a long time. And she Cyborg was, very was doing good. it yep. as well. Um mm -hmm. So Tara La Rosa, Tara La Rosa, um, old school. Yeah, I can't. I know. No, the early days. We're old. <laughs> yeah, we're old. But the early days were interesting because, like, you know, there was a lot of uh, people disparaging women fighting. Yeah. You know, including Dana White. Yeah. Um, you know? Including most of the guys I trained with, which I love them. But you know, even Mark Beecher, he was like, "No, get out of here. I'm not going to train any women." Okay, fine. I'll train you, Gina. It'll be cool. But. <laughs> Um, and now that's all he does, you know. Um, you know, even uh, let's say the Diaz boys. Like I remember fighting on the same car as Nick, card as Nick Diaz, and he was sitting next to me. And of course, I was just nervous because I absolutely adored him. Um, still do. I think he's amazing. I just haven't seen him in like a decade. But he was like, you know, we're sitting there before our fight, having our post, you know, weigh-in dinner, and he was like, you know, I got to tell you, I don't really like women fighting. <laughs> you can obviously say it like that. He's like, you know, I don't like what you do. I don't like women fighting. And I was like, I was like, that's okay. You know, maybe you're just a little old fashioned. And I was like, do you think my dad likes this? Do you think anybody in my family likes me fighting? And he was like, no, old fashioned. Okay. So I'm just old fashioned. I'm like, yeah, you just might be a little old fashioned. And then he was like pulling out my chair and opening my door. <laughs> he like, took it to the next level. Yeah. He was like so sweet. I was like, he just needed to be told it's okay. You don't have to like it. You know, it's old fashioned. Mm. So yeah, some people get disturbed watching women get bloodied up. That's a big one for some folks. Yeah. Was it a thing for you? It feels different. Obviously, I'm a big fan of women fighting. But when I watch a big cut on a woman, it feels different. Like if I was at like Yuri Prohaska and that fight with Glover Teixeira had this giant cut over his eyebrow, it was a massive cut. But it didn't bother me. 
But if that was you, if that was uh, it was a woman, it was you know Valentina Shevchenko or something like that, I'd be like, Jesus, yeah. that's a big cut. And honestly, <laughs> in my perspective, that's sweet. You know, wow, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. That you don't like to see women get cut up. Yeah, I think that's a really nice. Um, I don't know why women or anybody is trying to get rid of that. Well, I get it. But I mean that. Look, if you're going to land elbows, it is a part of the sport. You're yeah. you're going to get cut up. It's like people are going to get cut. Yeah, it's just part of the game. It's, but, you know, if you if you want to say that, like, here's a good example, like the the last UFC uh, where it was uh, Zhang Wei Li versus Yuan Yon Jacek, and then uh, Valentina Shevchenko um, versus uh, Jesus Christ. Why am I not remembering her name? Is it the Chinese girl that? No, no, no. Valentina Shevchenko had a really tough fight. Talia Santos, which was an amazing fight, split decision, which could have gone either way. Um, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, this card sucks." I'm like, because of those two fights, like you, you think the card sucks because two like super ultra competitive women fights that were insane, and one of them was a spinning back fist knockout. Do, do you have oh, yeah. a problem with that? Yeah, right. Like I, I don't get, I don't understand where people get off on the internet. Um, judging any, like when I'm in a building or at a fight when people are booing, it like, it boils my blood. Yeah, it's like you get in there and do that. You know, until well, you've done that, then you can you know talk about it. It's just like, do you boo like that at baseball? Because baseball, at its most exciting, is not as exciting as two people clinching. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the fight fans just need to like get a couple more. I don't know hot dogs or beers and just sit back and enjoy a little bit well it's it's casuals unfortunately you know and it's a lot of people that don't they don't appreciate what's going on or how hard it is look i can understand some fights where people get bored and they boo especially in comparison to some other fights you know i'm i'm never going to be the one booing I no mean, i'm i wouldn't boo either but you know, there's some times where it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you're, yeah. And you're at all of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> out of a lot of them. This, this past think, one was the first one I did. There? Like with like the, you know, when they're just, you know, nobody's trying to even like make, they're just stuttering in, in, in front of each other. Like the Rose Nam Yunus fight? Like that last fight? Yeah. yeah that Which was, I'm a, I'm, I love her, by I the way. I do too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do too. Oh, I, I love Carlos Barza too. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Pat Barry. I love him, but he was saying something different than the rest of the corner was saying. You know, it's mm. like it's like kind of when you go into spar and then you just don't really want to be there or something, and you're not trying to. I don't know. It just isn't flowing. The chemistry's off or something. I think maybe the game plan was make Carla frustrated and take big risks because mm -hmm. she has to win, right? She has to go after Rose to win. But there was like, by the time we were in like round three, I was having this conversation with Cormier. I was like, who who fucking knows who won? Who knows who's yeah. winning this? Because yeah. this is nothing's happening. Like it's when nothing's happening. This is my number one problem with scoring. The way we have scoring with MMA that that could either one of those rounds could be a 10-9 round or a round where someone beats someone pretty cleanly and lands a lot of shots could also be a 10-9 round mm -hmm. that doesn't make any sense right 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 that's great that's that's a flaw in the scoring system time to update the program yeah we need a better system we don't need boxing system mm -hmm. we need something that it, it's like it shouldn't have anything to do with 10-9 it, it should be there should be a bunch of factors like volume 
the amount of strikes, submissions, takedowns, damage, all the damage, mm-hmm. all 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 that shit added up, and it should be a totally different. I mean, we should have scores like fifty-seven, ninety-six for one round, you know, a hundred twenty for yeah. another round, like that kind of shit. Yeah, because that's more indicative of what's actually happening in a fight than ten-nine. Yeah, that's awesome. That's how it should. So be. make it happen. How do we make that happen? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't know. I've been preaching this for years and. Everyone's like, bro, you already have fixed the system, bro. You don't understand the system. (laughs) Like, I understand the system as it stands. What I'm saying is the system as it stands fucking sucks. Yeah, we can say that, like, over a a multitude of subjects as well. Um, We need to get better at better systems. systems. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, not just for MMA, right? Yeah. It's, um... It's interesting though, like for you to watch these women become superstars now. Like when you watch Ronda, because Ronda was, it was you and then it was Ronda, and you most certainly paved the way for someone like Ronda. Yeah. Like, what was that like? Um, I don't know. For me, at the time, it was just okay. So this, I was going to a college for psychology. <laughs> And I'd show up to, you know, the college classes in full-on pajamas. I didn't care. I wasn't paying attention. I didn't want to be there. I just, I felt like this is the thing you do after high school, right? You go to college. And um, I don't really think that it did me any favors because I'm a type of person that, you know, like idle hands. If I'm not interested in doing this, then um, I'll get into trouble. And Mm -hmm. so um, then we started getting into trouble. And... um, I guess what happened was Kevin um, Ross, who you had on your show, um, and he's I've known him for 21 years now. We're like that couple that's always on and off, and nobody, everybody's like, my family just stopped asking. <laughs> They're like, are you together now on this Christmas? Um, so, so he decided one night to, he'd always wanted to um, do mixed martial arts, and he always loved Bruce Lee. And we were drinking, of course, these 40 ounces of Old English, which I don't know if you tried one lately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> old English makes you reckless. This, and it's just like this much of it hurts. Yeah. Like, we used to drink full. We used to try to go. I used to get to like a one and a half. That like, is strong stuff. Yeah. it's. I tried it and I was like, I cannot believe I used to drink this poison. Um, but his dad had asked him, you know, well, I'll, I'll sponsor you for your first couple lessons if you promise me to put that down. And that night, he put it down and he went and started training with a guy called uh, Master Tati. Um, he's this Thai man who, of course, came from Thailand, um, but he went over to the UK, taught over there, and then he came to the States and, you know, like uh, taught people like Angela Parr and John Wayne Parr, um, who came before me as well, um, Kit Cope and all of them. So. Um, Kevin walked into the right gym and learned Muay Thai from the very authentic Thai style. And then I would go in there <laughs> and uh, Master Chan, who I think is still in Las Vegas, he, I, I, w- I would walk in and I'm still drinking and partying and everything. He was like, oh, baby, you're fat. You need to lose weight. <laughs> and I was like... No, that didn't come from my dad. That came from this Thai man that has nothing to gain in my life but to be like, hey, you need to work out. <laughs> and so I immediately signed up for 20 lessons with him. And um, So he fat shamed you in your training. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you know this. Ties are really good at that. And are I, they really? Yeah, I probably need Master Chan back in my life right now. <laughs> if I'm being really honest, like he's probably like, "Oh, baby, baby, get back into training." They're um, so friendly, though. I wouldn't think that Thai people would be that 
Have you been to Thailand? Yes. I enjoyed it over there. <laughs> they're always like, <laughs> like the first two weeks of training sucks so bad because they're like, oh, too big, too big. <laughs> you need to go down. And I'm like, I usually lose about like 20 pounds the first two weeks just because I'm like, shit, this fat shaming just sucks. But I, I don't mind. I grew up in my family where like you'd, I walked in and, you know, my grandmother, my grandmama Maxine, she'd be like, "Honey, no, you can't, you can't look like that on TV. <laughs> you have to, you know, because she comes from a classical days. She's like, no, you need to, you know, get in the gym and make sure that your face is good and da da da." Um, so my family doesn't pull any punches either, and I'm okay with that. Like, I think it's a, you know, people around you telling you the truth, trying to make you better in life. Um, which is my entire family, every single one of them. Like, yeah, it's a weird time today where you're not supposed to do that anymore. They, they, they my, want nobody to stop around me. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to preserve people's feelings now, but there's yeah. like fat shaming only works if you feel bad. Like if, if you feel bad, if no, you do it, or? if the person feels bad, if it, it like you can't fat shame me. Yeah, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'm fat. Okay. Yeah, it's not yeah. gonna work. Yeah. Like, but if you have an issue with your weight and someone tries to fat shame you, then it works. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, like, it's like not a great feeling, but it is a necessary. You know, somebody cares about you when they're like, hey, you know, be like, okay, hey, um, you're doing this in your life and it's probably not benefiting you. Like, yeah. how, how can I help you? Um, you know, and in my family, the Italian part of my family is just like, it's funny because you walk into like Thanksgiving and they're like, okay, you're five pounds up. Way to go. You're going to stay away from the mushroom raviolis this time. <laughs> and I'm like, why do you have four different types of bread on the table? This is your fault. <laughs> well, people do it because they care about you sometimes, but sometimes they do it just because it's a, it's a, you know, a place to be cruel. Well, I don't, I don't care about those people. Though. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm, yeah. That's the internet. Yeah. That's a lot that's of the, the internet. That's the entire Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a lot of it. It's it's super unhealthy for them, too. They don't even realize it. They're spitting out all this, like, emotional poison. They're doing it all day long. It's yeah. like, that's not good. It's yeah. not good for you, either. You like, you can't feel good about yourself. You're just yeah. being mean to people all what, day. Yeah. But that says more about them than it does about you. Yeah. You know? It does. And, you know, look, people talk like that all the time. The difference is it seems different when it's written down. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you just had people alone in a barbershop, they would just be talking shit and mm -hmm. insulting people. Yes, which is great. But now it's written down. Yeah. That's the difference. Louis C.K. said that to me once. And when he said it, I was like, oh, I, I, I thought about it differently. He goes, it's just talk. Yeah. Like people always talk like that. But now it's written down. It looks different when you, re you read it. And it's so not how people really are right. in person. Like... I just did um, a Dallas Found Expo for three days, and there was not one person in that whole expo that said one thing negative, hateful. There was yeah, isn't no. Yeah, that weird. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> meet people in real life. They're almost always nice. But they're almost. They're so. Be I feel like people are so beaten down right now from the internet, from thinking that this is how people are. Yeah. That they're um, they're just beaten down, and then they get out, and I I'm just hugging as many people as possible I'm shaking their hands I wish I had more time than that for you know those couple three minutes with them because you know I'm not necessarily an extrovert it's not like I want to be out there like and talking to a bunch of people but I feel like that's what people need right now and um and I love doing it so I've got like four more fan expos this year that 
they're tiring and you have to keep your energy up for each different person. But I just think out of all the years I'm going to do this, it's going to be this year. So I can look people in the, the face and let them know that this isn't real life over here on the mm-hmm. Internet. This yeah. is real life. Yeah. Um, for fighters, it's particularly hard, I think, because fighting is such an emotional endeavor. There's so m- so much of who you expose your soul to people. Yeah. They see you quit. Or they see you succeed when you could have quit. They see you, how hard you train. (laughs) They see uh, how well you deal with the pressure of the big moment of a huge fight. It is so emotional. (laughs) So when when people attack fighters, and a lot of these people are unaccomplished, uneducated, uncaring. They, They just, they don't understand what they're doing with their words when they're using them. They just blah. Yeah. It's just like verbal diarrhea on Twitter, and they're doing it to try to be insulting and mean. And I watch fighters go back and forth with them, and I always tell them, hey, man, don't read that shit. Yeah. Don't read that shit, and definitely don't fucking respond. Yeah, don't. I learned that a little bit late. Don't respond. Yeah, don't um, go back and forth with people. It's bad for you. Although, so you're not on Twitter very much, are you? I post and ghost. Mm-hmm. I post and I get the fuck out of there. Smart. I don't read anything. I read Twitter, but I read like other stuff. But you also have this platform where you can have people be drawn to and to hear your actual voice, which is that helps a lot. Yeah, that helps a lot because that's the real you versus like character, like the characterizations, uh, you know, caricatures. They they make a a version of you that's not real, Mm -hmm. and then they'll attack that version. And they people love to do that. They love to take things out of context. They love to pretend you're someone you're not. I have Patricia Arquette. You know who that is? Sure. She's coming at me on Twitter right now. <laughs> she is? Yes. For what? The, the actress? Yes. Um, who I absolutely look up to. You know, um, She did a recent film, I think it was on Apple, called uh, Severance, which is the microchip in the brain. Really cool series. Um, and of course, True Romance was one of my favorite movies yeah. to this day. And she's coming after me. So I had posted an article about if there's any time to stand up, it's right now. Um, is there, if there's any time to get canceled for something or stand up or have there be some con- sort of controversy, it's like right now standing up for our constitutional rights. I feel like that's a good time to stand. Yeah. And she got on there and said, <laughs> she said, they wouldn't know about their constitutional rights or something if it, it slapped them or smacked them in the face. And I was like, what? Like, mm. And so I responded to it, and I said, they, meaning, are you saying they are stupid? Are you calling half or more than half the country stupid? They don't know about their constitutional rights, because all you read right here is Fox News. And then she went into this massive spiel about, like, the January 6th and everything, which had nothing to do with the article. What was the article about? It was um, it was just about me talking about the cancel culture and how, you know, it, the mob came after me and... It had nothing about it had nothing to do about the election or nothing to do about January sixth. What, what? How did constitutional rights get factored into that? Um, just how I've been kind of very, I guess, uh, anti-lockdown, anti-forcing people to vaccinate, um, forcing people to mask. Um, I've been very vocal about that. I guess vocal by being on Twitter and sharing quotes and things like that. Just I feel like, um, you know, I feel like we've lost a lot of our rights by um, this fear-mongering and um, overreach of government. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, no, I think you're right about that. And I I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. I think it's an important thing to say. And I was saying it early. So I yeah. was saying it. You were saying it boldly. Early. You were saying it when people were scared. Yeah. And that's one of the things that happened is that everybody got separated from everybody. 
it was an incredibly anxious time. Everybody was, so many people are so filled with anxiety already. Yeah. Right? And then you take something like a deadly disease where you have to be locked in your house and then they're going to keep you from working. So a lot of people are in full panic because they're going to lose their business. Like, how many people are out there check to check? Most of America. And then all of a sudden you can't go to work. Hmm. And you don't know what to do, and then something comes along, and it's a, a vaccine, and this vaccine, if you take it, they'll let you go back to work, and we're going to get, and you better fucking take it, and everybody gets crazy, but fucking take it, yeah. take, we need to get back to work, we need to get back, no critical thinking about, mm. hey, um, are we sure that this is the only way to do this? Mm-hmm. Hey, is this a one-size-fits-all strategy for everybody, and when have we ever employed one of those? Like, hey, what are the, what, what's the actual scientific data on this medicine, if you do, you show long-term study? Do you have any long-term studies? Yeah. No, you don't. What, when do you want to release <laughs> no, the stuff? No, you you want to release the <laughs> the studies in seventy years? What yeah. the fuck are you talking yeah. about? You want to release all the, the the results after everyone's dead? Yeah, like and that seems a little suspicious. Um, what I think a lot of us feel. I don't know if you feel the same, but for me, um, you know, I had two grandfathers start a business from from scratch, and. Um, you know, made pretty good names for themselves. And I've seen big businesses run up close and personal. Um, I know, I find it really hard to believe that they, the people that shut us down, you know, I, some of the most intelligent people, far more intelligent than I could ever imagine, didn't know by taking people's jobs away from them, taking their consistency, taking their livelihoods and saying, okay, you know, we're going to pay you and keep you home, was it going to affect people's addictions wasn't going to affect people's um su- like you know suicide's purpose you know because i'm my best felt i'm my best self when i'm working when i'm working most people are my diet is under control i'm working out i have constant interaction with people you know um you know you're not like partying all the time it's just structured and people need some of us need structure most of us do i think it's probably a very small amount of people that can do um jobs and and like, like right now, what I'm doing is I have to provide my own work. But I've also now got, you know, 30 years of, like, learning how to do this now. But when you take, like, a, a bus driver, when you take somebody who's been doing a job for 25 years, um, and you take that away from them and you put them at home, and now all of a sudden they're faced with their families and they're faced with themselves. And, um, you know, it's like a responsibility that you just you just took away their structure. Yeah. So I just really find it hard to believe that this wasn't on purpose. I don't think it was on purpose. I think you're dealing with Monday morning quarterbacking, and I think people are looking at it and going, how'd they not know this, and how'd they not know that? What do you I mean don't, by uh, Monday morning quarterbacking? Like like pretending you would have done things differently because you would have been smarter on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like you would have seen it coming, and you would have done this, you would have done I think you're giving these people way too much credit. Smart people don't want to be in government. Smart people want to be CEOs of giant companies and make shitloads of cash. Yeah. Corrupt people who use government to funnel money into their own accounts, whether it's through these giant fees they get paid in these speaking engagements or whether it's through insider trading because they know about laws and bills that are going to be passed. It's going to affect the stock market. And so they get in early. We know about these people. But like Nancy Pelosi. Exactly. Yeah, and all of We talk about her all the time on this podcast. How crazy that. She's the greatest investor of all time. Do you know that she's better than George Soros and Warren Buffett? And nobody can talk about this? No, I mean, how is this not a bigger deal? It's corruption. Yeah. It's it's sanctified corruption. Yeah. Sanctioned corruption. I just just really do feel, I feel like this wasn't 
Um, I don't think they knew. I, do. I think they were in a panic, and I think they shut everyone down, and I think they like controlling people and telling people what to do, and they didn't want to give up control. But I think some states were like, fuck that, get back to work, we need to live, we need to give people the freedom. And this is why people celebrated Ron DeSantis in Florida. This is why people celebrated Greg Abbott in Texas. Mm -hmm. That's why I moved here. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Like, this is a pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not a pandemic like fucking smallpox. This is a different thing. This is not the Spanish flu that's gonna kill 50 fucking million people in this country. <laughs> I know, so when I was thinking about pandemic, right, I'd just gotten wrapped on Mandalorian, Mandalorian season two. Um, rewrapped like four days before they decided to lock everybody down. And by the way, I was a complete lunatic. <laughs> like, I was like, a pandemic. I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to get boils on their skin and yeah. their arms are going to start falling off or like they're going to, you know, like. People were worried. Like, I, my idea of what pandemic meant was so much different than what it ended up being. Because everybody's idea yeah. was different. Look, when people I, I like first <laughs> started, first of all, there was a lot of things that happened early on. One of the things, they put people on ventilators very early. Mm -hmm. Ventilators. 80% of the people that got on, put on ventilators died. Yeah. And my friend who's a doctor said a lot of those people were survived. Right. So it's A lot like, of them. It became like a death sentence to go into the hospital. In that, but, but that's also Monday morning quarterbacking because they thought these people's respiratory systems were going to shut down. No one knew how bad it was in the early days. But the people, it took a they long were silencing time. people. They were I know, they were, silencing, they were silencing people were because there's so many voices. But they were silencing anybody that was saying, hey, this medication could be better. This And, and they're still silencing people. That's why it feels so on purpose. It's like the silencing coupled with like um, the the obvious like benefits that some of them are you know they're succeeding in 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 all of what they're doing like how many government officials became millionaires here billionaires you know i just feel like i don't know how many government officials became billionaires but a lot of humans that were connected to the government and connected to the decisions that were made yeah did become billionaires everybody's husbands that works for them. well it's, it's also just like people like <laughs> a lot of people that were working in these pharmaceutical companies that produce these vaccines they, they made work, enormous yeah. enormous amounts of profit yeah. and they were protected this is the most important part they were protected from liability mm -hmm. which is nuts yeah like to put a, but that's the only way they were willing to do this the way they did it yeah and you well, know I, I glad, I'm glad that I don't agree with you on everything because I do feel like it was so on purpose. I don't think it's on purpose. I don't <laughs> I think do they so would much. release a, a virus that kills millions of people on purpose. I don't think that they would crush the economy on purpose. I think there was a lot of poor decision-making that was done. First of all, a lot of it was done uh, with the the idea that you have to it has to seem like you're doing something because you you are in government and you are a person that's in charge. Um, like, I, I hope a, you're right. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Mm, I don't. Okay. I think there's a lot of people that get all tinfoily hatty on that kind of shit. <laughs> well, they, underneath here, <laughs> <laughs> I I just you know I just don't see. I just don't see how these these intelligent people these you know I just don't see how they didn't know that this was going to happen. You know I just don't see how they didn't know there was going to be a mental health crisis. I don't think they're that intelligent, and I don't think they thought it was going to last this long. I don't think they thought it was like it was two weeks to stop the spread. It does completely it was two change. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Remember it, that? Yeah. Yeah. Which, was it ever going to be just two weeks? If everybody stayed home and did absolutely nothing for two weeks, it probably could have been. You know, Lorenzo Fertitta was the first person, to, or it's Frank. Frank Fertitta was the first person to suggest that. You know what he said? He said, listen, let's shut the fucking country down for one month. Nobody does anything for one month. He goes, let's just pull the fucking band aid off. 
And he was right. If everybody really did that, the problem is nobody does that. You go over to your friend's house, you start drinking, you're hanging out. You, you, one buddy likes to go to the store, he goes to the store, he talks to the grocer, the grocer's got COVID. You come home, you give it to grandma, grandma dies. It's like that's the reality of people. They, they go around, they do different things, and that's why people are like, wear a mask, stay at home. They're screaming like you're going to stop this. But you got to look at humans for what they actually are. We are these animals that like to be around each other. We're very uh, tribal. We, we, we need each other's company, and we go fucking crazy when we don't have each other's company. Well, I thought when they had the lockdowns, I thought there was going to be riots on the street just because of the lockdowns. I thought there was going to be, like, people around the street like, no, you know, you can't lock us down. I thought just because, I guess, you know. Because if the world was like you. Yeah. You'd be like, fuck this. I'm going out. Well, no, <laughs> I'm actually the most homebody person ever. I mean, I could stay in my house for three months and not see a soul and be just fine. Like, right, but um, you're not the type of person that wants anybody telling you what to do. I just don't, I looked at it. So let me, the first two weeks, I I was a lunatic. I was a California COVID Karen to the max. I went to, I was so stressed out. I was like, mom, because she was in Las Vegas. I was like, I don't think you're taking this seriously enough. And she's like, darling, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, I, I packed up all my stuff because I didn't know if like we were going to get stuck in California. You know, I didn't want to mm -hmm. get stuck away from my family. So I packed up all my stuff. I headed to Las Vegas. I stayed with my mom and... Every time she came in the door, I was like, wipe your shoes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was a lunatic, yeah, because I was scared. <laughs> I didn't know what a pandemic was. Yeah. And then, like, I was like, my stepdad would go out, and I'm like, here's your mask, here's your mask. And um, I was wiping down all the groceries, and then I got so crazy into it that I was like, I got, like, a toolbox out of the garage, and I was like, I just snapped. And I Did you get COVID ever? Um, I, I guess so, probably, but I, I would. You don't know? Well, I mean, I tested positive on a test. Does that count? <laughs> yes. Okay. I think that means you had COVID. Yeah. Um, Unless it's a false positive. Yeah, which those exist. Did you think. get a antibody test? No. Damn, we could have given you one. Yeah, but what do you have to do for that? I don't know. Easy. Blood test. Very it takes two seconds. No, no, no. Pin, pin prick. Very, oh. very quick. Oh. Jamie's the king. Okay. He's got the best antibodies in the land. Tested, tested today. How, how thick were they? Yeah. How thick. often do you test? He does it just to show off. Just make sure. His gigantic, <laughs> an, his antibody line is like a fat, sharpie line. <laughs> like legitimately. You, did, yeah, so I think I, you know, well, what happened was um, I went out in Las Vegas and I got a, a hangover, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm not old enough to have those yet. <laughs> I need to learn my lesson already. Um, but I went out in Las Vegas. I got a hangover. And um, then I wasn't feeling good the next day. So I was like, okay, I'm not feeling good. It's right before Christmas. And I was like, um, my mom's like, are you sure this is a hangover? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. But if you want to test me, I don't, you know, it's your house. And she tested me and it was positive. And um, it was pretty aggressive. Like I was really, really sick for about seven days. Um, my body was aching, like it hurt. Like I, it, like everything hurt so bad. So you definitely had COVID. Yeah. So why saying like I guess? I guess I did. I mean, I mean, you definitely had it. You have all the symptoms of COVID, and yeah. you tested positive. Fine, I had COVID. I, I had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. But where did? Okay, so COVID's definitely different than the flu. Then it's definitely. Um, it's definitely different than the flu. It's this is an engineered virus. This right. is a virus that, that was created in a fucking lab. I don't think they did it on purpose. I really don't. No, I think I think the Chinese lab in which they did it in Wuhan was so bad. It, they they were cited for safety violations as recently as I think 2018. I think the real question is why were they doing this kind of research? Mm -hmm. And the people that understand the research that they were doing. 
like Barack Obama stopped that stuff from happening in 2014. Mm -hmm. He put the kibosh on that back then. When the Trump administration was kind of chaotic, that's when they started it all up again. And they were lying about funding it. They were lying about funding it. They were saying, we don't fund it. But you do fund Eco Health Alliance, and Eco Health Alliance funds the Wuhan lab. So shut the fuck up. This yeah. is all crazy. Like, these guys, the, the emails alone that were transferred back and forth from Peter Datsik and, and uh, Anthony Fauci and all, and all these people that were involved in the funding of this research— mm -hmm. Just the way they were framing it and the way they were disparaging legitimate scientists and legitimate doctors that were not lockstep in, in agreement with them, it's fucking shameful. Yeah. It's not scientific. Shameful as it's in people political. need to be in prison, it's, maybe? They, fuck yeah. Yeah. And not only that, they, they, they should, it's, this should be a thing. Like, Rand Paul's the only one who calls them out on it. Yeah. And he does it on a regular basis, and he's 100% correct yeah. in the things that he's saying about the funding of this He's been particular a rock type star. of research cuz when you see Fauci say that it's not gain of function research but that's not true cuz the NIH says it's gain of function yeah. research they all say yeah. it now cuz they they want to protect their own this ass this is a rumor online and and I'm going to ask you a bunch of okay so is Dr Fauci's wife on the NIH isn't she like one of the heads isn't that some sort of thing well, let's find out yeah, she does something she she has some function and he used to be the head of the NIH during that whole AIDS yes. thing. Which He's been we're not running it. Making He's... any comparisons to, if you make any comparisons Here to it is. him. She's the head of the Department of Bioethics. It's a National Institute of Health Clinical Center. Yes, there it is. Do you think maybe this is well, it's, it's a fucking, problem? Well, <laughs> it's, all, it's all crazy because these people are. They have massive amounts of power to decide who gets funded, what labs get funded, and no one wants to step out of line. Mm -hmm. There's a crazy fucking book that I'm in the middle of that's a very controversial book. And it was one of those books, I'm like, God, do I want to get into this? Robert <laughs> Kennedy like Jr.'s. Oh, yeah. Yes. Robert Kennedy Jr.'s right. book, The Real Anthony Fauci. Holy fucking yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, there's some stuff in that that is 100% verifiable truth. Yeah. And it's crazy. I know and that's the only time I think I've ever I got I got your number from Kevin and I was like, dude, you have to have you had Robert? Have you had him? No, uh, I haven't had him. Already. And I was I don't know if you got that text message, but I'm like, oh, it was one of those idiots that texted him saying you should have this so and so on your podcast. Uh, Listen, that's, that's how I find out a lot about a lot of really interesting people. But he he had um, I had talked to him because he um, he's got the child health defense program mm -hmm. that he does. Yeah. And um, it's interesting enough, his wife is an actress. I think, I don't know if it's... Um, She's the wife on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, um, she was fully vaccinated and has publicly said, you know, like while uh, Robert was getting in trouble, she's like, I do not have the same beliefs as my husband, you know. And everybody was like, ooh, <laughs> ouch. Like, why are you going to do that to your but, husband? But I mean, remember when Kellyanne Conway was the White House press secretary? And then her husband hates Trump. Yeah. So her husband was publicly against Trump. I like that. I love that. I, I like love that. that. I, I think we need more of that. Yes, why not? Yeah. People think... can be married and have completely different views. Yeah, but she totally like like was like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not with him on this. And it was <laughs> yeah. like, damn, I don't yeah. know if I'd ever do that. <laughs> like yeah. But Robert, um, I got on the phone with him and I was like, you know, I'm afraid our union, uh SAG after union is going to mandate these vaccines. Um, you know, is there any, you know, taking them to court? How do we, how do we figure this out? And, um, he's like, well, and I didn't know this. He's like, well, my wife is an actress and there's no getting around it right now. And I was like, 
damn, like how how they and I even looked up online today. They still are extending that man, mandate till mid July with all the information about it being safe and effective and with all of that stuff coming out. Um, how are they still mandating this in anything? I think that the people that are mandating it need to be made an example out of. Well, it's it's very strange. I think they do it because they think it's the right thing to do. I don't think they do it. You have such a more positive outlook than I do. I just I'm objective. I'm objective. I'm, I look at I, I try to look at everything objectively. Okay, I try to define, look at everything. What does that mean, objective? I don't look at it in terms Emotional. of what the the answer that I want to be correct. Mm-hmm. I look at it in ter- I don't look at it like oh I'm suspicious because I go well what are the actual facts mm-hmm. and why why would people do this and why would people do that when you're at the head of a union okay and you uh, have something like a national public crisis a national public health crisis you have to show that you are taking the correct actions. The general belief of the public is the correct action is to be vaccinated. If you are going to step outside of that and say, uh, we're going to take a rebellious position and we're not going to mandate that people be vaccinated, but we are going to mandate that people have to work and we're going to like put them in these sets and we're going to have them around people. But the general consensus is for most people think that you're supposed to be vaccinated. Right. I would say like more than 60% of the population thinks you should be vaccinated. When these people are on the set with these people that are represented by a union that doesn't think you have to be vaccinated, the other people that are vaccinated and feel like they did the right thing now feel like they're being put in danger by other folks, which is really wild, right? Because if that fucking vaccine worked, you wouldn't be thinking like that because you would be thinking, now I can't get it. Remember when Rachel Maddow was saying that on television? Remember when Anthony Fauci was saying that? You're not going to spread the disease. You're not going to catch the disease. That's not true. So which is why I don't think that 60% of the population still think it needs to be right. I think most people are not aware of all this. Most yeah. people are not listening to me. They're not listening to podcasts. They're not reading the real Anthony Fauci. They're not, they're, most people are getting their news from CNN or from MSNBC or whatever the fuck they listen to, even Fox News. You, you, do you they're feel not like getting, it's changing a little bit, though? I don't know. Not on those. It's changing a little I think in that they're starting to be open about the fact that why are people still sick? Why are people, like, people are getting boosted and extra, like... Fauci's had two boosters and he's sick with COVID. Yeah. You know, like maybe it protected him. Maybe it did. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know whether or not he took remdesivir mm-hmm. because yeah. there's a lot of studies that show that that stuff is toxic to your kidneys. Mm-hmm. And this is all. This is something that also is in that book, well, the, the real Anthony Fauci. Book. I wish I was, you know, a little bit more objective. I, I wish I was like that, but my brain kind of works off of. Um, Maybe more emotional. Am I, would that make me more? Mine does too. I just so don't I just, let it. I, I feel like when I see um, them still mandating something that all of these um, documents have come out and said, what is it, 13, 14% effective. Um, you know, all of these people are still getting COVID-19 and all that's, you know, I just feel like to push on and force people to get this ma- this vaccine that they don't believe in is in my just simple mind it just seems like an abuse of power to kind of weed out the people that will comply and um and weed out or, or weed out weed out the people that won't comply and so that now you know we don't have i think it, it we don't have such like you know a big of a, as big of a problem i think there's an element of that 
but I think the element of that comes after the decisions were already made. The decisions were made, in my opinion, originally to try to protect the public health, and then it became a thing where there is a tremendous amount of money that's being funneled into various organizations, into various politicians, into campaign funds, into all these different things, and it's by these enormous pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, and I, co- I, I don't is- think that like it wasn't like when Trump came out and said, you know, um, we're gonna, you know, shut shut the world down for a second. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that that. I feel like. That was a really hard decision because if he didn't, then they would have am- ammunition on him for, you know, a lifetime. And it would have just been like, it, I mean, I feel like that was a really hard decision for. Well, it's a hard decision, period, because yeah. you don't know what to do. Yeah. So like, it was like the two weeks to slow the spread. But now in looking back at, at the lockdowns, looking back at the masks, looking back at the forced vaccinations, I feel like anybody who's enforcing it moving forward is um, absolutely criminal. But the thing is, in California, they don't think like that. In California, oh, there are a lot of people that I'm out. friends with. Uh, see, this is why this is one of the reasons why I disagree. There's people that I'm friends with, okay, that aren't even in the fucking mo- movie industry. They're not even in Hollywood, and they think everyone should be vaccinated and boosted. And they've even had second boot. And I I know people that have had boosts and they've had problems because of it. Yeah. They've gotten wrecked, yeah. and they're still. In support of boosting in this because they think that this is the way to go to protect everybody. I'm like protect everybody still like he, we, we this is we're in July of 2022 mm-hmm. okay Omicron is the latest variant I had it for a day I didn't even believe I had it I came in here my nose was sniffling I was joking with our nurse and I said maybe this is it maybe I got it she was like you're not gonna believe it you're positive I go shut the <laughs> fuck up I'm like this is COVID Granted, this is after I'd already had Delta, so I had immunity, I had some antibodies, and I basically had sniffles. I, the next day, I was negative, by the mm. way. And so, do you feel like the the first time you got it, Delta, was it then? That was real. Um, first and, time I got it was real. And do you feel like the second time you got it, your immune? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. It's like, my, my antibodies had kicked in. In so fact, it's kind of um, Bill Gates had said getting this. Weaker, right? Bill Gates had said this, which which the way he said it, I think he phrased it in a clumsy way, which, by the way, I can relate to because I do that every day. But he said when he was talking about it that, unfortunately, Omicron is be- works better than the vaccine yeah. at protecting people. Yeah. And it really does. Mm-hmm. So I got Delta, which was the first, the hardcore Because everybody had that one. over Christmas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Omicron was, Omicron's very mild. So my thing is, well, if you're not going to force- I must have had force... something else because it was not mild no, 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 for me. <laughs> I bet you had Delta. Right. Delta's rough. Some people get bad from Omicron, but you know a lot of people that really. I've, I have friends that got really sick from Omicron and they're vaccinated, and they got really sick from it. And there's uh, there's some concern that Omicron might be what's called a vaccine escape variant. And what a vaccine escape variant is is when you have variants that are what they call le- uh, oh, excuse me vaccines that are leaky vaccines, vaccines that offer protection but don't provide you immunity, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, you it offers you some some antibodies and it protects you from getting really seriously ill but it doesn't stop you from getting it well then the virus figures out a way to get around those antibodies so what it does is it kind of mutates and favors the the vaccine variants which can get through your antibodies so like say if if you're vaccinated for the original strain right the original strain of covid well that's not around anymore right so you have b cell and t cell memory that protect you somewhat but when your body 
tries to react and produce antibodies for that original strain. That original strain's not around anymore. Mm-hmm. And then this Omicron just sneaks in through the door because you were you were like, where is COVID? I don't, where is it? We're looking for it out here. And this Omicron COVID just sneaks right in the back door and people get really sick. Right. So this is the speculation why some people get really sick that are vaccinated with Omicron, whereas a lot of people that are not vaccinated that get Omicron aren't getting as sick. Right, right. But that's also anecdotal. It's kind of it weird, could be though, those like... people that aren't getting as sick, were healthier, they take better care of themselves. There's so many variables. Yeah. I just don't like when people tell me there's a one size fits all approach to health. Yeah. Cuz I yeah. know there's, I know there's people that are doing way more for their health. Right. They're taking vitamins, they're resting and exercising, and then there's other people that are drinking and doing heroin. Right. We can't say that these people are, they both need the same treatment right. for a fucking disease. Right, or there's disease. like people who are like, you know, 350 pounds that are like, well, I'm yeah. fat, so you have to take this for me, for my health. Exactly. Um, you know, like me and Kevin are good examples. Like, you know, I love food, I love drink, you know, you know, I love to hang out. Um he loves to get up and run his six miles. You know, he loves yeah. to, uh, well, for, he doesn't do very good with whiskey, so <laughs> he's not really allowed to, for whiskey. But, you know, he doesn't very rarely um, pollute his body. Right. And in my head, you know, it's like I can't, until I'm doing everything I possibly can to take care of myself um, and be responsible for my health, who am I going to be to be like, hey, you have to take, this is what I would take. I would take these antibiotics. You have to take these antibiotics. You right. Know? Um, and, you know, I have a, a very close friend of mine who is still masking and is still doing all this. And she says, you know, because she's about, you know, 300 pounds. And she's like, well, I'm fat. So I, you know, I should be able to like I have to protect myself and to protect my own. And I'm like, well, I mean, if you want to feel better, <laughs> there's yeah. other places to do that. You know, like lose some weight. Maybe not. Yeah. Fried Get chicken, healthy. Yeah. You know. But, you know. We live in a culture where you're not supposed to say that. This was a really interesting part of the early part that. of the pandemic. Why, why, why can't we? We're America. We're United States. Well, of we America. can say it. You can still say it, but mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to freak out. Because... But I can, I can, I can tell people like I understand. I'm not necessarily healthy all the time, you know. Yeah. Um, and I know that in looking in the mirror, I have to take responsibility for that. I have to take my own responsibility and not push that responsibility off on everybody else. And um, make some lifestyle changes. And if I don't, then, you know, I you have to deal with those. But you have a lot of people in this country that are living in denial about health in regards to being obese. Like yeah. there's a lot of people that think there's absolutely nothing wrong with it and that it's healthy. And yeah. that, that, that it's a lie and that dieting is unhealthy. Like there's a lot of crazy talk today. Yeah. And, and if you get in the wrong echo chamber online... You can be a victim of that kind of crazy talk because well, you start I, believing it. I feel like what people are, what they're saying is like, um, see, what I'm saying is you can be beautiful. I believe beauty comes from, <laughs> I feel like it's, you're gonna, I feel beauty very much comes, comes from, from within. Yes, yeah? Joe, okay. I, I feel that. Okay. I feel like, jo, uh, I feel like. You should write cards, like Hallmark cards. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I will after I don't have a job for the rest of my life. <laughs> Um, no, I do. I feel like soul, uh, a soul shines through and, um, and, 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 you know, your mind is beautiful and your yes. heart is beautiful. Um, that's true. Those are, those are true things. Yeah. There, there's beautiful people that aren't aesthetically pleasing. And so when we get into this conversation of, you know, okay, so you're 300 pounds, it doesn't mean I think you're not beautiful. It doesn't mean I don't think that, um, you can't be beautiful with weight on you. I mean, honestly, some guys really prefer it. I don't, you know, like. 
Kevin actually sure. he he actually likes a little bit of cushion. You know, it's really strange. Like it's funny. I'm like, thank God. But I don't think he likes too much cushion, so I'm on the over I'm over cushioning right now. Um but like I don't I think that's where we kinda go wrong is like we don't have to hate um I don't think that people aren't beautiful if they have extra weight on themselves. Um I think that people have different um tastes you know like some people some... definitely have different tastes yeah. but relatively speaking people are this is very generally speaking people are generally more attracted to people who are physically healthy because sexual attraction is a lot about who can you breed with yeah and if you see someone and they're built like a bowling ball and they're just sitting there eating cake all day <laughs> like generally speaking like that is not a good person to breed with like yeah. this is not a good specimen yeah. You know, so like the natural instincts of something. Yes. Well, in a world where that we're not really working off of, um, you know, common sense or natural anything. Right. I think that maybe that's getting a little bit skewed and maybe people are finding themselves attracted to things that they normally wouldn't have been attracted to. And there's a little of that, but it's also social media. People pretend that they like things because it makes them seem more virtuous mm -hmm. like they pretend that if you uh, aren't attracted to someone who's overweight then you're ableist or you're sizist although they'll come up with like terms for why like they shouldn't go to the gym mm -hmm. you know there's there's a, a lot of that going on where there's just people reinforcing other people's really bad ideas and then I mean but and then there's maybe a different take on um, just beauty is kind of in the eye of the beholder a little bit more it definitely is yeah no it definitely is like uh i know a girl and she likes really skinny guys that look like they have like heroin problems yeah that's like her thing yeah she's into like she wants to see their ribs yeah oh, okay <laughs> whoa that's um, her thing but, but i mean i don't know why and i know guys I know like why. that right yeah. i see guys that are attracted to women where you can you have to see the ribs and like there's like okay. you know I don't uh, the guys that I attract are probably more the guys that are like, oh, you could push her up against the wall and she's not going to break. <laughs> <You know? laughs> she break the wall. Yeah. <laughs> break down the wall. We actually almost brought down the wall in uh, a movie Haywire did me and Michael Fassbender. Yes, I bring down walls. There you go. <laughs> but but I it's just, like, I, I, I feel I, like that's where, what's going on is like this battle between, um, you know, like one side is like, hey, like health. You know, like, let's support health. Let's not, like, make this um, this okay over here. And this other side is just, like, um, you know, let's let's make a beauty in the eye of the beholder. And there is a – I do think there's a middle ground where most of us live in. It yeah, doesn't have to be right. just so, you know, black and white. It can be um, – it can be both. I think you're right. Um, I also think that the idea, like, what one person is attracted to, everybody has to agree on, is nuts. 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 Because, first yeah. of all, I'm attracted to women. I'm, I can't believe they're attracted to me. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. If I had to date <laughs> guys, I'd be disgusted. Yeah. If I, I have to date only people who look like me, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, this sucks. Yeah. This is, this is not what I like. But women like men, and men like women, and some mm. men like men, and some women like women. Yeah. Like, you should be able to like whatever the fuck you want, yeah. but yeah. don't lie about what's healthy. This Absolutely. is where this is where I'm like it's not about beauty yeah. like if you want to think you're beautiful because you're anorexic yeah. I mean I don't know what to tell you it's not good for you mm -hmm. Absolutely but, and I I think that that is yeah. a nice balance is like there's a difference between health and beauty yes. and and the eye of the beholder of, right. you know. But it's just like I mean I'm super attracted lie. to I'm not attracted to muscles I'm not attracted to I'm attracted to more of like the um you know lean muay thai Mm -hmm. Long legs, lean Muay Thai body that's, you know, complete opposite my body, you know. I'm attracted to that. Um, you know, I, I don't really like... Well, big... like you found Kevin Ross. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> perfect. 
Yeah. What, and a, what, a, what a weird thing that you would be you attracted know, to a Muay Thai fighter and like, date a Muay Thai fighter. But where did this start off? Who did I have in my posters on my wall? Um, I, I, but more than his body or anything, I like his artistic mind. Mm. I like how he's... The, the quiet guy in the room right, like this right. quiet strength yeah um, confidence yes yeah. Um, and he's just got like this no bullshit meter I love that yeah but I love his art so the poster that I had and on when I was 16 it was like all Johnny Depp all Johnny Depp everything um, and then Angelina, Angelina Jolie. So those were like my two poster people. Well, they're pretty fucking beautiful, both of those two. Yeah. Pretty tough to beat yeah. in terms of like just the aesthetics of their face. But like Johnny Depp screams art to me. Well, he's an artistic guy. Do you know him at all? No, no. He's a very sweet guy. Is he? Sweet guy. Well, he's got a fan in me. If he wants to do a cancel movie, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's canceled anymore. I think he's oh. back. Yeah, I'm trying to be back too. I don't I know think if it's you working. Sh- you can be back. <laughs> what you said, wait, we we defended you because what you said was not incorrect, and the problem, the only problem was the comparison to the Holocaust. Yeah. And I I get that people have a hard time comparing things to the Holocaust, but if you go to Nazi Germany, or excuse me, if you go to Germany in like 1930, mm-hmm. there's not a chance in hell anybody ever saw that coming. Yeah. No one saw what happened and the way Jews were demonized and the the evil Nazi empire that took over mm-hmm. within 14, 13, 12 years it was happening. That's crazy. And, that's, and that happens by othering people. And that's, and what, that's I was what you were saying. Yeah. That is what you were saying. I was saying cuz I think I was, I've been a little bit naive in my life. Um, I, I would always look at these, you know, the stories of the Holocaust, and I'd always think, oh, my gosh, like, how did that ever happen? Right. How did that ever happen in people's brains while you're in, like, their neighborhood, and they're kicking these people out of their homes? They're taking you out, and they're, you're watching your, you know, neighbors get, you know, arrested. How did anybody let that happen? I just didn't understand it. And... Um, and, and I've been a very, you know, I'm, I mean, if you look through every single post on my, you know, Twitter account, I mean, I, w- I watch movies all the time on the Holocaust and I'm really, you know, my heart, I'm, I'm like the one that's bawling at these, these stories. Like Schindler's List? Horrific, um, right? Sure, and, uh, you know, have you ever seen Swing Kids? No. Which is direct, oh, you haven't seen Swing Kids? No. So it's directly what I was talking about. I actually had that in mind when I posted this. It's um, a bunch of German boys and, um, they would do swing as their rebellion, so they dance swing, and um, there was a group of them. Well, then the the Nazis started to kind of like infiltrate them, and you know they had two of them signed up for it. And I don't want to ruin the ending or anything, but you saw how um, the the brainwashing started happening with each different person, and it was like it was really it's a very I'd, I'd watch it that's what I had in my mind mm-hmm. was neighbors turning against neighbors um, and we saw that yeah and what had happened but the whole reason why that happened and they kind of came after me so hard over that um, they were already on you they were on me for like what were they on you for um, they were looking for a reason to hate you I think because I just wasn't um, I just wasn't towing their line. I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't putting the black squares up. I wasn't saying, okay, masks and lockdowns, and I wasn't saying vaccinate, and I wasn't, like, doing all right, the... But were you saying something against that? Like, I, what, what was the I thing? I said, look, if um, I said a lot of stuff. I said, if people are out there on the streets, right, and, and protesting, I think we can open up our churches and our, our businesses and continue on. I mean... Oh, that's what you said. <laughs> don't you. Don't you talk logically. And then, and then I beep-bopped and beep. So me and Kevin are sitting there watching a UFC fight. 
and all these people are attacking me online and they're like put trans rights in your you know bio put trans rights and do this and i'm like why are all these people being so in your aggressive bio? they were asking you to put, put your trans pronouns rights in your bio yeah no, like put your tweet pronouns. out trans rights hashtag trans rights and then they were saying put your pronouns in your bio and <laughs> and it was really aggressive and me and kevin are just like cooking chicken wings and like watching the fights and i was like this, <laughs> you know so i was like this is aggressive and i was like okay um I'm going to put something in my bio that like, you know, like I didn't know why people were putting this in their bio. I, I just wasn't with it. I had not I had no idea Jordan Peterson had ever been canceled like, you know, years and years before. So I just wasn't with it with like the pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, Kevin, what should I put? In? <laughs> like he's in the kitchen. I'm like, what, is, what should I put? He's like, I don't know. Like I was like, beep, pop, boop. And he's like, yeah, yeah, just put that. And so I was like, not I wasn't trying to make fun of trans people. I was saying. My statement was to be like, you can put anything you want in your bio. It's not, you know, like you can do whatever you want. And the publicists were like, well, you know, if you hadn't put slashes in between and if you would have added a word, it wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, my God. (laughs) I was like, so then all the people that were coming after me, I just started booping him because I felt like, you know, those little gift boops. I just started Mm -hmm. booping him because I felt like I didn't want to. I don't like to be mean. I'm not a mean person. So I was I, I've gotten canceled over. I feel like I'm in the detention room and I have no idea why I'm there. I'm like for booping people for saying you should keep the world open for, you know, medical freedom. Um, and then for putting up a yeah, it was I think the image on the meme was aggressive. Um, but I, I coming from a passionate place, I think that I just wanted people to have conversations and that's all I was really well, wanting. You, you recognized it was crazy. Yeah. There's there was a after, thing. There's after, a thing that's going on where, where when people start t- telling someone that looks like me mm-hmm. to put your pronoun in your Twitter bio, <laughs> like, hey, no. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like maybe I'm a woman. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But what are the odds? Most likely. You got some freaky shit in there, though. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But most likely not. Yeah. And if I was, I would fucking tell you, okay? Yeah. If I felt like I was a woman, I'd let you know. Yeah. And until then, shut the fuck up yeah. and just leave me alone. Yeah. It's like we're dealing with the smallest percentage of a population. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that gets exaggerated in terms of, like, the, the response it gets from the general public because it seems to be something that if you're a compassionate, kind, caring person, this is what you support. Yeah. Well, I, I support everybody in every way until Same. you start telling me what to do. Same. Yeah, Same. And I'm not interested and in And I don't like the, the bullying that came along with it, you know? I yes. was like, um, so, so, yeah, I was very, like, I was very vocal about all of it. Um, and I don't think that I was towing their line. I also don't think that... So I never told anybody who I voted for, right? Like, and to be real, I've never voted in my life, which is not like a proud thing. But in 2020, I just have I've never believed, uh, maybe this is growing up in the grunge phase or whatever, I just never believed in, like, I didn't, I never believed it counted. So I was, um, but when 2020 came around, I knew that um, after the devastation of what they had happened with COVID and the lockdowns and all of that, I wanted to make sure we had a strong leader um, that was going to be able to get this economy back. Because once again, it's like work makes um, people healthier. It gives people structure. It helps us like survive and it gives us pride, you know, it gives us pride to work hard in our country. It gives me pride to work hard. I love to work. It's my favorite thing to do. So, um, so I wanted to make sure that I was going to actually vote in 2020. But I never told, I wasn't like, 
you know, you know, all the celebrities that like took off their clothes and did these campaigns and are like, you know, vote for who we're voting for. And they're like doing these naked campaigns and nobody asked for. It. And yeah. it was like, like, I, and they're all letting you know very much so that they're, they're, they're voting Democrat and they're voting for Biden and all this. And I'm like, all I did, this is the only thing I did. I put a sticker on my hand that says I voted and a hate campaign trending again. And all I did was I didn't even tell people who I voted for. I didn't. I just said I finally I voted, you know, for my first time, and I did a little like sparkly, you know, thing. And they're mad at you for that because they they're putting all of their right. Like I never was the person to run around with a red mega hat on or mega hat. Did you vote for Trump? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yes, I did, but I wasn't that person though. That was like, and I, but I didn't like I didn't like how they were being treated because they were passionate about who they were voting for, just because they were so passionate about that. As well as like these people, like why couldn't we have equal passion? The problem is the way Trump behaves makes it the people who oppose him feel like they're very justified in their anger because he fights people. Like if you if you say something that he opposes, he goes after you. He gets angry. And I he insults people. He I, mocks people. I understand both. He divides people. I that understand way. both of that, right? Yeah. Like I understand very much so like people would prefer more um professional voice um but these are the only options we had in right. 2020 right and that's you that's, know that's pragmatic that's yeah. a good way to look at it so i was like you know one of my co-stars contacted me and he's like you know he's like you're not voting for trump though and i was like well yeah i am going to and he was like gina and i'm like what has Joe Biden said in his past that Trump hasn't said? I mean, if you look through all of Joe Biden's history, and I was like, and to be honest, that three years of very positive economy that he was in charge, um, I would be a bit pissed off if I was him too. They didn't give him a fair shake in the news to like save his life. I mean, like they were the CNN hoax and the Russian hoax and all of that just on top of him. And, um, you know, they're just as guilty as Trump was uh, uh, as dividing the media is, you know, and now they're kind of breaking down and going to people like you and going um, elsewhere. And the, the media is now suffering, which as they should, because they're just as guilty as. But well, they have a problem and they have an outrage economy. Yeah, that's a big part of what they sell is trying to get people outraged about something. So they find things to exaggerate and yeah. become outraged at. And we're going to get pretty sick and tired of that um the worst things get they're gonna have to start you know reporting on real news <laughs> well i think that's what cnn's strategy is now yeah. cnn was purchased and the, oh they got a different owner now yes and the one of the big things that this guy's saying is that he wants to bring back the objective news journalism in po instead of like editorializing things instead of commentary instead of opinion instead of all this bullshit that you get from these brian stelter and don lemon type characters oh that, my word. that that's the reason why people don't want to listen to cnn yeah you know it's like if cnn just stuck with like subjects that are important to the world and to the american people and these are here's the problem with the shipping crisis. This is what's going on. Mm -hmm. Here's what we know about you know this attack on this person. Here's what we know about this oil leak. That kind of shit mm -hmm. is what people go to CNN for. They don't go to CNN to listen to the opinions of dorks. Yeah, you know, and that's that that's what they were trying to sell, yeah. and that's why their credibility kept dropping. And then when they were attacking other people, it's just. 
God, it's so transparent what you guys are doing. You're, mm-hmm. you're little fucking watchdogs for the pharmaceutical industry, mm-hmm. which is, they're being directed. If you, know, if you find out that, one of the things we found out when we were doing this podcast is 75% of all television ads are from pharmaceutical dr- drug like companies. Pfizer. <laughs> but, but they think with news, it's even higher than 75%. Mm-hmm. 75% for all of television. Mm-hmm. But with news, it's probably even higher than that. Yeah. And this is the reason why they frame things the way they do. This is the reason why they cover stories the way they do. This is the, why, the reason why they never talk about adverse events, ad- adverse side effects. Mm-hmm. They never talk about the VAERS reports and the underreporting. They never talk about any of that shit. Mm-hmm. They never talk about when people who are famous people who have a horrible reaction to vaccine, whether they die or have strokes or whatever, it just they gloss it over. Yeah. And, no um, need to talk about that. And until they do, um, I don't think that they're going to get their name back. You know what I mean? Until right. they, they genuinely, uh, the government, so like the government, um, the medical, you know, companies, the media, everybody needs, you know, the Disney, everybody needs to kind of break it back down. They need to um, realize that trust, our trust in the government <laughs> is probably at an all time low. I mean, our trust in medical uh, information is at an all time low. Everybody, nobody trusts anything. And I'm, I'm like I don't trust anything. I'm I you know I was all a big fan of modern medicine and I I still am. I'm not absolutely ridiculous when it comes to any of it. But like, I'm trying to figure out. I don't want to take it. I'm I'm becoming one of those people where I'm like, okay, I don't want to take Tylenol if I don't need Tylenol just because I have a little headache. You know, where it's like before I was like pop a Tylenol in there. You know, yeah. like now I'm kind of thinking. Mm. I read a terrible story about a woman who got COVID and died from Tylenol. Well, geez. <laughs> no, really, you can die from Tylenol. So yeah, so this is what it was. We need this to, woman we got need COVID. to break it down, right? We need to kind of like go back to um, you know water, healthy eating. You know, kind of break our ourselves back down. Put away, you know, put away the things that we're using that are is hurting us, and um, try to kind of get our systems clean, and then we can really see what the big problems are. You know, and then we can kind of figure out how to get healthier from there. I think. Yeah, I should be clear about this. I'm not saying you shouldn't take Tylenol. What I'm saying is that there is a dose that's lethal for Tylenol, and it's not really that high. Really? No, it's not. It, this woman, she had COVID, and she was in, you know, she's in pain. She had the horrible body aches, and she took Tylenol, and it wasn't helping. And so she took more, and that wasn't helping. And she took more, and she wound up in the hospital, and she had liver failure. I think that's important to know. <laughs> um, it is important to know because a lot of people don't know that Tylenol will fucking kill you. Yeah. Like, what is the lethal dose of Tylenol? Let's find that out. I was all I was using Tylenol rapid release when I was sick. Um, I was like <laughs> popping that thing. Tylenol like- will fuck you up. It so will you, fuck you up. So you don't. What I do you, don't take anything. When I had my knee oh, surgery, so, I didn't take shit. Really? Yeah, I was like, I'm not taking nothing. I'm always like, can I have six? When I, I had my please. first, <laughs> when I had my first knee surgery, I think I can't remember if they gave me Percocets or Vicodins. I can't remember what it was, but I do remember I sold it to my friend Jeff, <laughs> who was uh, the local drug dealer at the pool hall. He was <laughs> this guy who looked we all like have that friend. he looked like he was out of a Beavis and Butthead cartoon. Okay, adult maximum acetaminophen. So this is the Tylenol and numerous brands and products, including acetaminophen, um, now the most common cause of acute oh liver failure word. in the United States. Oh my god! So maximal acetaminophen daily doses for adults it's four grams a day, and for children it's seventy-five milligrams per kilogram a day. Which is not a lot. I'm that so is not a lot. I'm so glad we're bringing this up. Yeah. Toxic dose. 10 grams 
uh, or 200 milligrams per kilogram as a single ingestion over a 24-hour period or 6 grams or 150 milligrams per kilogram per 24-hour period for two days. Uh, 200 milligrams per kilogram in healthy children 1 to 6 years of age. So it can fucking kill you, yeah. okay? And again, read that. The most common cause of acute liver failure in the United States. Be, would that be overdose? Overdose, yeah. Yeah, yeah overdose. Well, that is um, something I think that needed to be said today. <laughs> yeah, people need to know. Yeah. It's not good for you. By the way, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories aren't so fucking terrific for you either. Like ibuprofen and stuff like that. Yeah. My friend Cam Mid Haynes. What about like runs... Midol and Pamperin and all of those stuff? Um, I don't know if those are ibuprofen. Are so, those ibuprofen as well? I don't know. I feel like they're in that family, maybe. Those are for girls, so. Meanwhile, <laughs> we're a fucking house full of them. I should probably <laughs> you know. You should probably know that. I should probably know. Um, yeah. No, but, like, I started after, you know, after all of this vaccine and, like, you know, all this stuff, I've been like, okay, do I really need that? Do I really need that Tylenol, or is this just kind of something where I, need, I could drink a little bit more water and feel better? Um, do I really... Like, because at the beginning of the whole COVID thing, I would get, like, a headache and I'd be like, I have it. <laughs> it's done. It's over. And now it's like, I have a headache. You know, drink more water or I'm not feeling good. Maybe it's, you know, what did I eat yesterday? You know, it's 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 come down to that. I think the older I get, the more I'm like, if I ha I can get food hangovers now, you know, like if you put something. Sugar. Yeah. yeah. When you I'll put get a food hangover with a big piece of cake. Yeah. You love cake. I, I love cake. You do? What kind? Oh, yeah. Well, my, my favorite dessert is not really cake. It's tiramisu, but it's kind of like cake. Mm -hmm. Tiramisu is basically cake, it's right? Oh, it's tiramisu that. It's got the little angel yeah. cookies. It's like. Yeah. That's the Italian in me. Yeah. I oh, like you're Italian. Tier, mostly. Oh, okay. I love tiramisu. Yeah. That's my favorite. Oh, but I just... like a chocolate cake too. Really? I'll fuck up a chocolate cake. <laughs> a good juicy one. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Good moist chocolate cake. I'm getting excited. Maybe yeah, I know. Now you've got me thinking. <laughs> uh, a warm chocolate cake with a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Oh, come on. So is it just sugar? You like you like your cheat meals like sugar? Yeah. 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 Pasta is my cheat meal. Oh yeah. For food, it's pasta for yeah. sure. Hundred percent. What about chicken fried steak and eggs? I'll eat that too. That is one of my favorite. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, they probably have a good place here in Texas. Oh, yeah. guarantee. <laughs> they have chicken fried lobster out here. They chicken fry everything up oh, here. Oh, I don't know about that. It's fucking good. No. Shout out to Three Forks. There's a, a Three Forks uh, Steakhouse. Chicken fried that has lobster. A chicken fried lobster oh. as an appetizer. It's I like that it's takes slamming. away from everything. Okay, uh -uh. I'll trust you. Uh -uh. <laughs> Uh -uh. You should have Dana White do that on his... Uh, yeah, his Fuck It Fridays. Yeah, his Fuck It Fridays. <laughs> I told him, I was like, those are my favorite shows. Like, those are great. Like I, don't even, like, I don't even look at the fights anymore. I'm like, what is he having on a Friday? <laughs> have you seen when Dean Thomas does a parody of it? He puts like a fake no. bald wig on and, and, and <laughs> it puts a shirt on that's way too small. So you like to see his stomach. <laughs> Dean's hilarious. No, I haven't He's seen He's really funny. That's great. Yeah, he... Uh, I'm actually mad that Dana White does that because I'm like, damn, that's such a good idea. I want to do Fuck It Fridays now. It's a, it's a great movie. Move. Yeah. He's a, he's an interesting guy, Dana, because he mm -hmm. doesn't have to do anything. There's the, look at Dean. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you some advice. I'm rich, motherfucker. Go from the beginning. Go from the beginning. So we hear what he says. What's up, everybody? Dina White here, live at the UFC headquarters. Today is fucking Saturday, and I'm fucking Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> he calls himself Dino White. I'm rich, motherfucker. I can do what the fuck I want. Today, we're going to be making Rice crispy Sloppy Joes. Look how he has his shirt too short. So we call them Sloppy Hoes. <laughs> First, we got to make the Sloppy Hoes. Ew, no. Spam. We got to mix it in with our sauce. 
Oh, <laughs> and mix it up real good. Now you gotta add the sloppy hoe. Get out. What's Rice Krispies and Spam? Oh my god, that now looks disgusting. To I gotta follow this guy. Uh. Oh my god, he's uh, eating it. it Thumbs up. Thumbs up. That's, that's a great. You so, really studied dynamite when he did that. Doesn't suck. Doesn't, it doesn't suck. suck. Thumbs up. Doesn't suck. Uh, I just love how he has his shirt that's too short. So his belly like his midriff is hanging out and the bald cap. Suck it, Saturday. Oh my gosh, that was too cute. What is his name? Dean Thomas. Dean Thomas. Dean is uh, he's a coach at ATT and he used to fight for the UFC. And uh, he um, he comes in in big fights. He'll be the guy that we go to. Like we'll occasionally, like about strategy, we'll ask him a question, oh, and he will I'm say like, "What year he has to do this, and this and that, and what what Glover's doing great is this." And when this comes up, the the reason why it's getting through is because of that. <laughs> Give me some more volume. Like, refresh <laughs> this. Refresh this. <laughs> that little shirt. He's a fun dude. Another edition of Suck It Saturday here. Suck it Saturday. Live in the UFC headquarters. Today, we're making a dish from the Great Depression back in 1999 when me, Lorenzo, and Frank bought the UFC. You're welcome, little <laughs> I got my chef, the big-ass Gordon Ramsay, to help me out. First, you start with one pork chop. Chef. Now we gotta fry it up. Now smother it in the tub. Oh no. Oh no. Now it's time to try it. We call this a nut chop. <laughs> oh, he eats it. Not bad. That's good. That might be the best <laughs> thing we've ever had done here. Oh my god! That's such a good impression, it of Dana. Uh, I just love the commitment to the same kind of shirt every day yeah. with the midriff showing. I feel like I feel like that's not a bad Halloween costume if you're looking for one. That's a great one, right? Be be Dean as Dana, Dana White yeah. for Suck It Saturday, yeah. and just have a T-shirt that says Suck It Saturday. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. That's a great Halloween. Co- that would be wait, like you just told everybody it's gonna. You can cut that out, but you no, can do no, that. put that out there. But that would be. I no, want there's many people being you, being him. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> but look, he's got another one. But I just think that like that, if you showed up at a party with a suck it Saturday shirt on, with a bald cap and a shirt that's too small, only the like deep, deep insiders would be like, "Dude, I'm, that's a costume." I'm happy to be a part of that group now because I'm going to follow yeah. him on uh, Instagram. After no, we Dean's get awesome. Done. I love that dude. He's been um, on here before too. Dana, Dana. Um, he, he was actually one of the people, randomly enough, um, that reached out to me when I got canceled and um, and sent me a text message. He's like, you have to get a hold of Ben Shapiro. And this is coming from like the last time me and Dana spoke. It was over controversy of like me coming back, um, yeah. having a fight. Um, so it was a surprise text. And he was like, hey, it was right when I was canceled. And he was like, Gina, you have to get a hold of uh, Ben Shapiro. He's looking for you. You got to, you know, and Dana was very instrumental in like, you know, I was like, wow, this is so, it's so random the people that come out of the woodwork when you're like completely tossed to the side and then like mm. you really get to see people um, for who they are, I think. And he was very encouraging. Yeah, so there's was, a lot of people that cower when the mob comes after someone. They like don't the want majority. to get involved. Yeah. Like the, what the hell? I and was they, like, also, they also take the side of the mob, even people that you thought were your friends. It's Oh, so that happened to you as well? Not really. But 
<laughs> really. Okay, you don't. You can't. You can't I, see it happen to other people. What? No, look, I uh, my friends are my friends. Yeah. I I vet my friends. Like if you're my friend, like that means I really fucking know you. I just don't have that many. You yeah, know? it's hard to find that many. I don't really like hang out in Hollywood all the time. You know, I'm not. Right. I'm doing the. I'm not doing the schmoozing. You know. Well, listen. If I was an actor and if I was in Hollywood, I would have probably zero friends. I'd have yeah. like Chris Pratt would be my only friend. Yeah. I'd have, have, like, has he couple. been on here? No, he hasn't. Oh. But he will be. I'm sure. Yeah. We, I love that guy. I'm friends yeah. with him. I'm oh, friend friends with him. Good, good. I he seems love like him. a good one. He's great. Yeah. He's my example. Him and Scott Eastwood. When people want to talk shit about actors, I'm like, yeah. let me tell you something. Scott Eastwood They're is the normalist yeah. motherfucker. His dad is one of the greatest movie stars of all time. Yeah. He's an iconic figure. Yeah. And Scott couldn't be more normal. I have He'd friends. be like like a cousin. Like yeah. this is my cousin Scott. Like, he's, oh hey, what's up? He's like, in San you would never right? think. Um, he's here now. Oh, he is. He lives out here. He lives oh, okay. in Austin. Because he was always working out at. Um, this is gonna total. I'm totally name dropping my my friend, Artem at the Boxing Works. Oh yeah. Or okay. Boxing San Diego. Club. Yeah. 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 He's. Yeah. Um, he'll appreciate that. This will be all over in Instagram. But he's, this precious Ru- Russian guy who's just like. He's a bad motherfucker. He's amazing. He was yeah. a Muay Thai fighter. Yeah. Seeing him fight was so cool. Yeah, he was um, nasty. I saw him fight live. Like, oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my in, gosh. In, in L.A. He's, yeah. he's got that that really sick kind of thing in you that um, I had a little bit. It's just like when you get hit hard, then you just like see red. And mm-hmm. you, he had it more probably because he was just mean when he, he fought. He's a bad motherfucker. Sean Yarbrough was like that. Mm-hmm. Sean Yarbrough, um, that's another good, one, good friend I of mine. I remember when Artem fought uh, Joe Schilling. Yeah. At that, uh, <laughs> the big match in uh, L.A. Yeah. Yeah, they're friends now. Yeah, Joe Schilling's awesome. He's my fucking friend. I, I love how much too. he doesn't care. He's the man. It's like I he feel doesn't like give a fuck. He doesn't. He put a video up of him knocking out a guy in a bar. <laughs> yeah. Guy was an asshole in a bar. The guy like bowed up on him and he flatlined him in like two seconds. See, the problem is if I would have done that, I would have been in prison for five years because I just get in trouble like that. Yeah, you say that, but if it was some mouthy bitch, some Karen. I would be in prison. Look, I am beep bop and booping people and losing jobs. Okay, so like yeah, the second if, I get real serious were, about something, if you were at a bar and there's a video of you trying to walk, excuse me, and you're walking, and some you know some bitch gets in your face, fuck you, you fucking fucking whore, yeah, and you just crack her with an elbow and flatline her, people would think it was amazing. Yeah, but then I'd be in prison. But it's a little different when girls beat up girls, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I I used to get in fights. I could never go out in Las Vegas when I was little without getting in a fight every really? weekend. Really? When you were little? I think that's why I don't like to hang out very much. How old were you? Um, like four, five? Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I mean, when you say little, <laughs> I when little, I think like, of little, I think of little kids. I'm thinking like around 17, 18, oh, yeah? 19. I used to get in fights a lot. And were then, you training then? No, I, I wasn't no. training until I was, you know, this... I'm sure I did get into a couple of fights after I started training, but it, they had started to like go away. By so that you're time. getting in like unskillful training fights. You no, know, like before, yeah, before yeah. it wasn't with any training. I would just get like just wild. Yeah, like I for some reason I'd go into a bar when I was like you know, you know, in Vegas. Actually, you know, this had to be up until 21. So I when did I start training? I started training when I was 21. I met Kevin when I was 19. That's where I'm going wrong because we got in a bunch of fights when we were younger. <laughs> Um, we would get jumped at parties. It was like really? it was all the time in Vegas. I don't know how anybody's ever escaped getting punched or in a fight. Like we could not escape. Is it. Vegas is a wild place to grow up. I think it was then, and I, I, I think, um, I think more people train now, so it's like you know a little, a little bit more, more risky. Yeah, and 
But when we were growing up, it was like, oh man. Yeah, you pick a fight with a rando I today. Good luck. No, I know you wouldn't. Yeah. But you can fight. But I'm saying, if you're a person and you pick a fight with some rando, yeah. like you might get fucked. Yeah. Up. You might run into the wrong dude. Yeah. Everybody trains now. Get your legs broken. Yeah. Yeah. But then it wasn't like that. So we would go out, and I'd just be sitting. But I would be sitting there doing nothing, and some. It's always like the meanest, baddest bitch in the room would come up and be like, you know, you're looking at my boyfriend and I'd be like, you don't look like, you have a boyfriend? <laughs> like, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm like, where is he? And then like, um, next, like cut to in the parking lot, you know, like wearing full white one time. I was wearing a white outfit and I like got in this massive fight and I mounted her and did all of that. And, um. You know, didn't even know what that was at the time. And then I come back in, my hair is a fro, and I've got, like, all of this asphalt down my, you know, nice white clothes. And I just, I don't know why it would always end up like that. Um, me well, and, me so and Kevin that, were in, like, jumped at a house party. So it probably wasn't, like, a big surprise to some people that you went on to become an MMA fighter. Not my family. <laughs> my family just tried to make it not happen. My family, so my family, so they're, um, you know, they're, they're kind of well known in Nevada. Um, they would, when I had my first professional fight in MMA um, against Leticia Pistova, she didn't have any business being in there, but they didn't know that. Um, it was the first sanctioned fight in Las Vegas for women. And I had my Papa Don and my, my dad, who used to be on the athletic commission back then. Is Papa Don? Is that like your grandpa? Yeah, my grandfather, okay. my dad's dad, and then my um, dad, who used to be on the athletic commission during when uh, Tyson had his ear bitten off. So he, he was bit a, off Holyfield's ear. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. backwards. Um, so they called the athletic commission and they said, "Don't you dare let both of them did. Don't you dare let her fight." And so all of the athletic commission guys, um, they're like, "Well, we can't." We can't stop her from doing this, you know, guys. Like, it's, you know. And so all of them for the rest of my fight career would come up and, like, be like, hey, remember when we stood up against your, you know, your family and we told them? And, and <laughs> you know, eventually my dad did come around, you know. How many he, fights did you have? I had a total of, I think, 24. 12 one and one Do my math for me. 12 one and one in Muay Thai and 7-1 um, and one in um, MMA. When do you think they accepted it? Like, how many fights did you have to have before they were on board? Um, I think they saw the difference in my life. You know, I lost 30 pounds immediately. I um, wasn't partying. I was dedicated. I was traveling. We went to Thailand a couple times. Um, it just, I think after they saw the positive impact that it, it had on my life, then they were like, oh, this is way better than her faking going to college. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that's when, you know, it, it's really hard, and I'm sure you know, it's really hard to watch people that you love fight. You know, like, yeah. I turn into a complete nut case when it's I see... It's hard. I'm so glad Kevin doesn't fight anymore. Um, it made... Uh, Cowboy Cerrone was in my movie recently, um, Terror on the Prairie, and it was going to be hard for me to watch him fight because you just care so much. Um, yeah. And it's hard to watch people you, you love fight. So it was really hard. My mom... <laughs> My mom would like, you know, take a Xanax, you know, and then she gave one time she gave Kevin like a Xanax and then she gave him another one. <laughs> and so by the end, she's going to kill me for telling you this. By the end, you just see like Kevin was just like, like barely able to hold up his head. He was like, and I was like, yay, I won. <laughs> this is so much fun. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to watch it's people you care about here, get right? hit. Is it? Aren't you? No. You're not hot? No, well, I was in the cold plunge before I got here. 
Oh, okay. I need to do that. I, I do the cold plunge every day. Yeah. We have one here if you want to do it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Since I'm going to go from this like nice <laughs> poncho to yeah, taking off. Then you're going to want the poncho back. Can I have it? I'll have some whiskey if sure. it's okay with yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. I heard that was the kind of thing. Yeah, we do that. We have a little booze. Thank you. <sighs> what kind is this? Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Mm. This is Buffalo Trace. <clears throat> real American oh, that's, whiskey. That's nice. It's real shit. Yeah. From 1776 or 1773, rather. Oh, okay. You it's just got hardcore about your whiskey just now. <laughs> yeah, they're they're older than the country. Do they? This country, this company, Buffalo Trace. Really? Yeah. Wow. Older than the United States. How about that? That's crazy. Yeah, they're the longest oper continually operating distillery in the United States. That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you very much. And they got a fucking buffalo on the bottle. How do you not love them? <laughs> <laughs> So, are you enjoying your um, move? Are you glad? That I love it here. Really, Austin? Yeah, yeah. This is I've, this is where I assume my final form. Mm-hmm. You're staying here for? I love it here. Yeah, like I, I love it here like immediately, like immediately. I was like, this is better. It's like I just didn't. The whole the problem with comedy, like stand up comedy, being connected to Hollywood, is there's a for, there's a bunch of problems like. One of the problems is the same thing that you experienced, is that there's a lot of cowards in that business. And Damn. They, they that's, ha that's been heartbreaking to see. Sad. Yeah. They have to be cowards to exist in that system. Mm. It's like very difficult to stand up for what you actually believe and go against the grain because you won't get work. And you thought, I, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking that the... You know, like the Babylon Bee became super popular, and why? Why did they? Because they weren't afraid to make jokes about like the stuff that was happening. Yeah. And I feel like you would get canceled if you didn't, you know, if you even toyed around with making a joke as a, a comedian during the last two and a half years. Sort um, of, but not when you go to the clubs. They fucking laugh hard. Yeah. People, people love the fact that comics are still doing real comedy, but. Yeah. It was harder and harder to do it in L.A. because there were so many people that were just like mediocre comedians that were attacking good comics for telling daring jokes and pretending that jokes were in fact statements that you would make like on an affidavit or something. Like, yeah. you're, like pretending these people aren't just joking around. And then it became, you know, this this weird time where it's it's like people were digging their ha their heels in the sand and they were dividing themselves from other people and attacking other comics and attack it's like this weird thing infected <clears throat> every every avenue of like being able to um have freedom of thought which yeah. comics are like i feel like they're the freest thinkers ever right i feel like comedians are like that avenue of like hey let's break free and like think about things differently and joke about it i, I and to not see those people stand up and you know kind of push against the cancel culture and push against the the norm was really heartbreaking and as well as like rappers like where was our rappers and where was our our uh, artists and our musicians at this yeah. time i feel like they they all went quiet a on lot us. of people got scared <clears throat> they got scared first of all because their livelihood was taken away they weren't allowed to work anymore right so they, they got scared about that and then they wanted to get it back so there seemed to be a clear path to get it back get everyone vaccinated we go back to work so there was like this path that everybody thought they were supposed to be on you know, and uh, and also it's like it takes a lot of time to be actually informed. 
Yeah. To really be informed mm-hmm. about what's going on. Like, when I start telling people about the history of the pharmaceutical companies and judgments against them, mm-hmm. and when you find out that they knew that certain drugs were going to have adverse reactions, but they were going to be very profitable, so they released them anyway, and then they were fined billions of dollars and killed thousands and thousands of people directly right. because of their decisions. Mm-hmm. People are like, what? And then you show them the stories and the articles. They're like, this is real? How do I not know about this? Because you watch fucking CNN and they're not going to tell you. Right. They're not going to let you know that this is an important part of the history of medical science in this country. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people during that time that just wanted to go back to work. And they wanted to do the right thing. They wanted to be shown as being a person who did the right thing. They wanted to take photos with them with a Band-Aid on their arm. Look at me, I have a Band-Aid on my arm. I'm a good person, They should have just put a Gina. Band-Aid over their mouth. Yeah, <laughs> right, they should have. Well, they did that for a while too, remember No Hate? <laughs> oh, yeah, they did Remember that? that? Yeah. They asked me to do that, they wanted me to be a part of their campaign. Oh, no. I go, hey, I go, I will say no hate with my mouth. I don't want to cover my mouth with duct tape. Mm-hmm. This is not a smart move and write no hate on my face. The fuck are we doing? Yeah. And it, I think it's, um, well, hopefully the virtue signaling has had its day. We're all exhausted over it. And- it has, but it hasn't. It's going to come in waves. It's going to be like everything else. It's going to yeah. be like COVID. <laughs> 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 I'm just going to stock up in as much whiskey as possible and be on a ranch in Montana yeah. is what I'm going to do. Montana's where I want to go. I love Montana. Like, I love it. Did you go there to film that movie? So this is what happened. This is actually crazy. So I was like, I can't stay in California anymore. Basically, I think what you know you did too, you're just like done, right, with yeah. California. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so I was yeah. just done. I was like, I can't. I feel claustrophobic there. So um, I lived in Hermosa Beach. On a, uh, it was an amazing place. But as soon as my cancellation happened... Um, I mean, uh, I had reporters showing up. I had um, drones looking into my, you know, my place because look, it looked out onto the ocean, and there was drones popping up. Um, there was people. I didn't live in a gated community, <laughs> and so there was like people in vans, and there was people following me to places, and um, I was just very exposed, which was very dangerous of Disney to have made the comment they did. What did they say? Um, they said, they said. Um, basically, I mean, we could look it up. We, uh, we do not support Gina. We're not going to work with her anymore based off of her, um, something about cultural and religious differences or something like that. Basically calling me a racist and, a, um, that I'm not accepting of other people's, you know, lifestyles. That doesn't have anything to do with what you said. <laughs> That's no. what's so crazy. You you literally were saying the opposite. I was literally trying. You were to... trying to unite people. Yes, I was. Yeah. I was trying to say no, neighbors don't were. hate neighbors, and yeah, it didn't it didn't really come off, you know, like the, I thought it would was, and I'll be more sensitive to that in the future, of course. But like I thought it was something that everybody could get on board with. But they had a you know they had a target on me. For they me. decided that you were right wing. Yeah. You know they decided you were a Trump supporter. When in, in reality, reality, it's like. I just am like open-minded being new to the political, you know, spectrum. I don't know even how, I don't know how conservative I really am. You know, I don't know how. Well, I bet you're pretty socially liberal. Yeah, I don't know how Republican I am. I don't even know what those really mean. And I don't really like labels. I just know that a certain people uh, seem to be making more sense and more common sense. And other people just seem to be spewing out a lot of hate. And for this moment in, in time, I will definitely be voting, you know, a certain way because these people are making sense. The second those people decide that they want a power trip and not make any sense, I promise you I'll be the first one that says this this doesn't make any sense. And 
I feel like that makes me somewhere in the middle, you know? Yeah, I think that's most people. Yeah. And so, um, so I had all of these really scary incidences with like stalkers and, um, like I, as soon as I got canceled, my, <laughs> I lost all my hearing, like my hearing just went away. 90, yeah. I don't know. Just from stress. I, I, I looked at, I, apparently that's not a thing. Um, must be a thing. It had to have been. Cause as soon as it happened, I had earmuffs on me. Um, and so I, so I couldn't 90% of your hearing. Yeah. Like 95, I couldn't hear anything. And Kevin, oh. Kevin would be like, he was, I had a nervous, my body reacted. I do feel, um, so I had to have Kevin make me a ear doctor, um, <laughs> you know, like get me in as soon as possible. Yeah. yeah. And that was in five days. So I had to stay being canceled. I couldn't talk to my, anybody on the phone. I just barely got Ben Shapiro on the phone that night, but I was still like, kind of like, what, you know, like trying to hear everything he says and everything past that had to be over text message. And I couldn't talk to my family. Um, and so we got into the ear doctor and I, <laughs> It's like a massive waiting room, and I'm like, can't hear myself say my name, you know? So I'm just like sliding over, and I don't want to say my name because I'm trending on Twitter, and I'm like, just a packed room I'm of trending people. Trending on Twitter. I don't <laughs> want to say my name because I'm, I'm like, trending on Twitter. So I was like, Gina Carano. <clears throat> I imagine I was like, really? She's like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, the name's on here. I can't hear myself say my name. Can you just look at it? And she's like, oh. And I could see her say, Gina Carano. And I was oh, like, Jesus oh, Christ. fuck me. This is bad. Uh-huh. And she's like, we don't have you. And I'm I'm trying to get on a plane by Friday. We don't, she's like, we don't have you in the system till next month. And I was like, oh, my God. I've got paparazzi chairs chasing me around the freaking parking lot waiting for me downstairs. And so I was crying and I was like texting my manager, manager. I'm like, please just get me into a specialist. I need to get to, you know, I obviously need to get this interview with Ben Shapiro over and fly to, you know, you can't fly when your ears are like that. And so I went, I like, first of all, I I about faced the paparazzi in the uh, parking lot. I was so mad. (laughs) I'm lucky I didn't like get hurt, but I got behind them and I was taking pictures of them, like like a psychopath. And I was like, "Mm." and then like they like ran off that way and I like lost them because they had to speed off that way. And I I went to and so I went to a quick care and I'm sitting there just crying in the you know parking lot like this is awful. Like like, what if this is permanent? By the sixth day of this, you feel like this might be permanent and you're never gonna hear again. Six days of that? Yeah. How long did it ultimately last? Um, I went into the quick care. So I've got an appointment with the specialist. I went into the quick care and there's a sweet, uh, sweet little like gay guy who's just like, oh honey, and I could see his, I could you know all the. He's okay. That's what he looked like. And I was like, is this permanent? You know, and he's like, you just got a little wax in there. And I'm like, wax? <laughs> he's like, yeah, well, you'll be fine. That's how like quiet it was to me, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can be normal today. And they just went in and flushed it out. And it was like, hearing never felt so strong in my life and it was hurting my ears because everything I could hear that was an urgent care yeah they did that they They just clean your ear they just take that like you know the teardrop thing yeah they have to put some something in there and so I was like oh my gosh how (laughs) ridiculous I've been stressed out for six days over wax (laughs) so you just grew extra wax when you got stressed out I don't know <laughs> I have, I had a surgery done when I was really little because they think there's like the tubes, the the tubes in your ears or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. So my ears, it's really funny. My ears, my mouth, my nose, and my ear holes. <laughs> it's gonna sound weird. Are really tiny. Yeah. And so, um, like when I eat like sushi, 
<laughs> I bite it in half. Because of the wasabi? No, because the freaking massive, they're huge. The, oh, so your mouth hole is yeah, too small. When I had mouth guards made for me, they said I'd have to do like the child the child one. So oh, in, really? Yeah. It's a, and then when I cry, it doesn't come out my nose holes. <laughs> This is such a weird... When you cry? Yeah, when I cry. Like I, snot doesn't come out your nose Yeah, hole? so it goes back down into my throat because oh, it so doesn't... Oh, so you start like... Yeah, so I choke. When I, <laughs> <laughs> the worst. <laughs> I can't cry too hard or else it'll like build up in my throat and I'm like choking and spitting out. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, I don't Did know. Did you ever then. have to get your nose done after fighting? Like no. so you could breathe again? Actually, no. no. I'm still... I got in a, a fight at a hotel once and I got a head, head butted right here. I don't know if you can see it's a little... Intent- Pre-fight career or post-fight career? That was probably right when I had started training career, when I was 21. You got headbutted? Yeah. It's a by, risky move. Yeah. Well, there was just head heads flying everywhere, and <laughs> I was at a hotel. <laughs> it's at the Peppermint Hotel in Reno. Gina, you live a wild-ass life. I know. <laughs> you seem so calm. I can't imagine you getting so many street fights. I know. I'm just, I don't know. I, I I never picked one. I don't pick fights. I'm not good at that. But right. I'm not afraid to obviously fight. You know, people don't believe that. Uh, I, I when I tell people in the industry who don't know who I am, they're like, "No, you didn't used to do that." And I'm like, "Yeah." Google me, bitch. Google me. <laughs> 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 I'm kind of a big deal, Deborah. <laughs> it does feel uh, like a lifetime ago. I miss when it. When you were thinking about coming back, I remember. Um, there was that conversation with you. Well, there, there was a pot potential comeback fight with Ronda. Yeah. How serious was that? It was very serious. It what, was, what stopped it from happening? So, you know how like you know I went. Yeah. Um, I'm living in LA. Um, I used to train out of uh, Randy Couture's in um, Vegas, and mm-hmm. I had my whole group there. Right. I had Scott Berry, Jiu Jitsu. I I don't know where he went. I think he's like disappeared into the woods or something. Remember? Oh, really? On the mat. Yeah. Yeah. He used to own that store in Las oh, really? Vegas. Yeah. His, and him and his gone? brother. I, I don't know where he is. Hmm. Like I, he's like a mountain man now. Um, Chris Ben Chavjavatsi, he's a boxing coach. Um, used to be an LV boxing coach. Um, still, you'll see him. In, um, yeah, he's he's pretty great. So I, I had my whole team in, in um, Vegas. So when Randy or when um, Dana White and Lorenzo, they invited me out. Finally, like you know, this had to have been like five years ago. They said. Hey, we'd like to offer you like you know a million dollar fight with Ronda, and I was like, damn, what took you guys so long? Like, um, what I told what I had told uh, Dana and Lorenzo at that time was, you know, I don't have a team. I don't even have an idea of a team. I don't have a gym. I have, um, you know, I don't think me and Kevin were together at that time. I didn't have any connection into, you know, where I would do this fight camp. And I knew, you know, with the weight and everything, it was going to take me a good. It would take me three months to get the weight stabilized, and then it would take me um, four months to actually be in, like, fight camp. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just to get back into it. I hadn't fought at that time almost, like, a decade. So um, I just I asked Dana if he could just please keep it quiet. You know, just don't bring up my name. You know, give me the time to – a six-month time, and I – of course. That's reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not even reasonable. You really need, like, a year, right? Well, yeah, but I was, you know – I felt like I could at that point, moment. Right. I felt like six months. Well, Dana, you know, Dana. <laughs> he was like, and I've got Gina Carano, and it's going to be a vegan Ron Rousey. And he started pumping it out on the, you know, Twitter, and he pumped it out in the interviews. And I was like, whoa, whoa, like, calm down. Like, 
first of all, I don't even know who I'm going to train with. So now you've made it harder for me to walk into a gym and just get comfortable with people because now everybody knows I'm looking for a team. I'm looking for something. Right. And it's going to be a very high profile thing. Yeah. And so now it, it made everything so much more difficult. And, um, and, you know, like that's where we didn't get along for a second. I was like, dude, like, right. like quiet down. Like if you just quiet down, I can find a team and I can get organized. And then he said something pretty aggressive over text messages. I'm sure, you know, he he does that. And um, I was just like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Like, it was very simple for me. Like, that was going to be something for me. Um, And I was excited to be back in that world. And I was excited to do something like that. Um, I respect Rhonda. And I thought that was exciting. Um, But after, like, you just can't, like, go back into that world and feel instantly disrespected on so many levels. So I was like... I'm cool. I'm going to go. And then I think another movie came up and I was like, sweet, I'll just go do this movie then. You know, like I'm not going to, I don't need to be disrespected, you know. So that's, that's how that story went. You didn't have any inclination to have another fight. You just wanted to have the Ronda Rousey fight. I mean, I think when you fight, you are constantly fighting. I have a bag in my, you know, downstairs in my garage. Like I, I'm, you know, on the treadmill and constantly fighting people in my head and having a comeback fight all the time. How old are you now? I'm 40. So do you think you would still do it? I mean, I still can't even say that I wouldn't. You know, because you mean? know, Rhonda said, "Yeah, that yeah. you're the one." I know, and honestly, I I feel like she's the one as well. If I wanted to, you know. Let's go, ladies. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Well, if you get, wanted to do it, get I mean, me a dietitian because I have to either <laughs> do that or t- chop off in my entire leg. I'm sure there's people. She said she'd fight you at 205. I know. I, you know me. I, or you don't know me. But I would not. I, it would be an equal weighted, you know. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I know. It would be professional. I, I'm, I'm sure. not, I have no interest in being like a. If you wanted to do it, though, now mm-hmm. is like last call. Yeah. And you know what? I wouldn't. When she said that, I'm like, you know, I'm so focused on um, my dreams in in movie making. But I also, I guess you just never, you never lose that want to do it. Right. And you And for me, I, I've been looking for something to train for to get my body back and, and where I want it to be. And so there's just been with this little, kind of this little thing on my shoulders, like, well, you could you could train and you could get yourself where you want to be and use that as your focus for all of where that. Where are you living now? Um, I'm not going to say because of stalkers, but, um, but there's a gym there's, uh, no, not where I'm at. Not right now, but I'm very mobile right now. So when I moved out of, um, (laughs) when I moved out of Hermosa beach, I'm trying to get away from all the madness. Me and Kevin moved into an RV. (laughs) Oh really? Yeah. Do you know anything about RVs? Uh, A little bit. So we got a, like uh, a Newmar, um, use the money from the house that we got and bought an, uh, an RV. And then we went across thinking that we were going to go shoot this movie called White Knuckle in Nashville. Well, once I got to Nashville, they were like, you know, are you willing to pay, play by the SAG rules and all of this? And I, and they could mandate it. So I was like, what does that mean? And they said, basically, if SAG mandated the vaccines while we were shooting White Knuckle, then the anybody who vac- wasn't vaccinated would have to get vaccinated. And uh, are you comfortable with that? And I said, no, I'm not comfortable with that. Um, that and that also means that we were probably only going to hire only vaccinated people. And I thought that was like, wait, I thought I just got out of California. And so then I was like, well, shit, here we go. You know, like I was like, yeah. what's the next option? And is there another option? <laughs> I'm living in an RV at the moment. And they were like, um, yeah, the next option is we instead go with the, with the serial killer movie. We'll put that to the side while the, you know, 
the, the world kind of figures itself out, and we'll go with um, a non-union union, um, Western, which ended up being Terror on the Prairie. And um, so... And this is the Daily Wire movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so... So that's what ended me up in a RV. Now I'm kind of um, going in between places because I fell in love with Montana, and I really want to end up there. But, you know... Um, I'm, Were you there in the winter? Yeah. Well, up in yeah through November. Shit gets rugged in the winter. I love it. Separates. I'm down for that. The boys from the men, yeah. Or the girls from the women. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, like the women up there are so freaking like okay. I have to say they're capable and a very attractive way. Like these women are still so like. Um, beautifully like fem they're everything that i would think a woman should be like they're feminine but they'll get on their horse they'll go on a camping trip they'll go like hu like hunting they'll yeah. make their own stuff they barter in between neighbors and i'm like i think that see that's i but the beholder i think that's really sexy so um i want to be a montana woman <laughs> But I also want to direct, and I also want to give people like Cowboy Cerrone or like people um, that I can see have that magical something, and I want to um, continue making art and movies. So, so this movie, Terror on the Prairie, mm -hmm. this Daily Wire movie, is this going, ha has it been released yet? Yes. It's on the website? Yes. Yeah, so you were kind of a big deal about that. They're like, you, we're going to have the movie out once, you know, I come and, once Cowboy fights, which, which didn't happen. Which didn't happen. It'd be crazy. Two times in a row. I know. Dana White's just like, it's over. It's over. It's done. We're not going to even try anymore. I don't know why they don't try one more time. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Cowboy's going to do what he's going to do, but I think um, he really is interested in in love with movie making right now. Well, and there's something about him. I mean, I watched some clips. He's so authentic, mm -hmm. right? Like, and that comes across. Like, his face is a, the face of a man who's lived uh, a, a hard scrabble life. I mean, yeah. he's been fighting for a long fucking time, mm -hmm. and you can see it in his nose. He's, and it, there's like a character in his eyes that I think would translate fantastic. And that's what I saw. So yeah. look at that. I mean, he's so, like, not a great picture of me, but great of him. <laughs> Why do I always get the awful ones? <laughs> He is so... Um, I love that dude. I know. He is so authentic. And so they had to, like, you know, when because I'm a producer on this movie, they had all of the auditions of all the guys come in and, you know, and, like, we're, wa we're watching all their tapes. And I feel like Hollywood kind of gets a little too rehearsed, which is uninteresting. Um, you know, somebody's an actor. And so I just felt like, well, we're doing this Western. I've got a guy who I think would pop on film. And I, it was a really big, like, I had to fight for him to get this role. And they were like, <laughs> they're like, well, we love his look and we love his reach, but like, how is he going to be on film? And I was like, I believe in him. I believe he's going to he's going to kill it. And sure enough, you know, he's such a shit too. like <laughs> he comes to set and he just gives you like the hardest time. And it's all directed at me, too. Like he talks so much shit to me on this. <laughs> I mean, uh, the outtakes got to be so funny, but he's brilliant. Like he's so vulnerable. Yeah. Just how he fights, you know, like he's a vulnerable person. Um, you never know how it's going to go sometimes, you know, with Cowboy, what emotion he's going to be in. Um, with acting, he was just, one time I came to set and he was all like, just like sitting down and like glaring at me. And I'm like, what the, f what, Cowboy? And he's like, nothing. And I'm like, oh, you think we're doing the scene where we're actually fighting or in a fight, in like a couple's fight? I was like, that's not the scene. The scene is me and you actually getting along this time. And he was like, 
oh, we are? And I'm like, yeah, we get along in this scene. And all of a sudden he turns into this loving guy. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, that he's is, method. He's method. He's, he doesn't know this, but he is a little bit method. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, but he's 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 brilliant. Like, he's really good on film. And I I think that um, I want to do that more with people, you know. Is this movie going to be theatrically released? It's on the Daily Wire. Only on the Daily Wire. Yeah. What about like, is it going to be on um, any of the streaming platforms or anything like that? No. What the Daily Wire is trying to do is they're trying to draw as many eyeballs mm-hmm. to their platform. The more subscriptions they get, um, based off of some of the stuff, the more they'll do it more. And so this is, you know, this is. It's very interesting because what they're doing is they're they're creating a right wing alternative. You know, to they're doing stand up comedy, they're doing podcasts, they're doing all these different things, you know. And yeah. Ben's a pretty fucking brilliant guy. He's amazing. Yeah. It's really interesting, like, as a business model, like, there is a market for that. People are tired of being spoon fed one ideology. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, if you look at our movie, it's not political. Yeah. It's just, it's just a movie. It tried to be as. Uh, you know, a, a, just a genuine Western. It really tries to be just what it is, a Western. What is it like doing a film where it's going to be released in this, like, one part of the world? Because it's like that movie is not likely going to get seen by people that are on the left. It's 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 very unusual in that. it's Even though it's not a political movie, it's in kind of a political category because it's on the Daily Wire. Hmm. I think... Um, once again, I think I'm at the beginning of something. Just with the female fighting, I was at the beginning of something, and people didn't take it seriously. And then all of a sudden, we're creeping up and getting, a, uh, you know, all of a sudden now look at female fighting, right? Mm-hmm. So that is a similar feeling that I have here. And um, you know, for me, doing art is just, you know, you know, doing movies is just what I want to do. So it's cool. It's cool that it's a start of a big movement, and hopefully that will translate to making more people be able to have jobs actors and um it just i don't think a little competition hurts anyone no i mean look at the movie's good i mean it's not Wait, bad for you, anybody oh, oh did you watch it i see I'm, no i haven't seen it I, that's why i asked you if it was out I didn't oh know it was out. right right yeah it's out it's is it a thing where you feel like it's not like it's going to pigeonhole you into only doing movies for like right-wing people no i don't think so i think um I'm really bad at standing in boxes anyways, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to kind of, my thing is art. I just want to do art. I want to make movies. I want to direct, produce. I want to, you know, uh, that's my love. That's my fight right now. And so um, however that comes about, I, I have gotten a, a bunch of offers, you know, to be in some films, but I just don't have the energy to do things that I'm not passionate about, that I don't believe in like the the. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't believe in the story. I don't believe I it doing independent movies or any movie or any show takes so much work and so much out of you. You have to be ready to sit down with that um, job for, you know, a year and a half, two years. And I can't um, I just can't give myself and like exhaust myself like that unless I'm like obsessed with it. And once I'm obsessed with it, then, you know. It'll be amazing. So. so has this like slowed down the offers that you're getting, the being canceled out of the Mandalorian? Well, as soon as I got canceled, as soon as Disney put out that, um, I feel like that very like awful statement that could that's like defamation if anything. Um, that same day, my UTA, my agency dropped me. That Whoa. yeah, dropped me. Um, and my ten year long 
lawyers dropped me because now Whoa. no money is going to be. Yeah, I got canceled almost. I think it's one of the worst cancellations in Hollywood history, um, which is what everybody saw. Um, I lost. That is wild that your agency dropped you for yeah. that. Yeah, because this is not like what you said. If no. you look at what you actually said and you, you show it, it's not that bad. Well, and also my agents are like, you know, they've got James Franco. <laughs> they didn't ever drop. You know, they've got, you know, these people have got like, they made such an example. They try to make an example out of me, and they just made an example out of themselves. Like, why did they come down so hard on me? I've got. Um, toys you know these little like mandalorian toys they canceled them they ripped them off the shelves they toy companies all for what because you represented trump I, re I i wasn't even representing trump i was representing and i hate i hate what i didn't like about that is like i'm representing um being able to vote and have that be okay you know i know anyway. that's what you represent personally yeah but what you represent to them was trump well that's and their they, problem but it's also they're sending a signal by getting rid of you to everybody else that doesn't support the ideology yeah like there's a very strong left-wing progressive ideology that's captured hollywood and they just ended up showing their cards but do you know of anybody i mean chris pratt uh, but other than him who's successful that's not on board with all that shit i mean i a lot of people now come up to me there's not actually anybody that didn't right. see what happened to me and comes up to me in person in this business and out that has been like, yeah, that was cool. They they just say, man, you got railroaded, and yeah. we're really sorry. Like that sucks. Well, you certainly did get railroaded. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, there's there's not a lot of political diversity in Hollywood. There is, but they're Silent. they're staying very quiet. Yeah, but that doesn't, you know, that's not real then. Yeah, like it's what they think of as the the political ideology that's acceptable in Hollywood is like I had no hardcore idea. left. Has that always been like this? Because I never. No. I never knew that it was an okay to, I thought, once you say that you vote, then yeah. you, I've, I mean, I've been seeing um, the other, I see, I've been seeing the left, like, rage against this president, the President Trump, like, death threats and all of this crazy aggressive stuff, you know, and it was completely acceptable. Yeah. And now it's like, I voted. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, get her out of here. And I'm like, it's a first time vote. And I just think that. You know, like we 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 should all be okay with you know when you sign on to be an actress, you don't sign your you don't sign your rights away. And I feel like that's when you feel like your country is going through a really dark phase of cancel culture that's going to lead to a social credit system that's going to lead to, you know, people undeservingly losing their jobs and pressure and real bullying. Then I feel like it's okay to say something. It should know? be okay to say something. It used to be okay to be a right wing person in Hollywood. I mean, look at Bruce Willis. Look at Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Those guys were all thought of as like right wing guys. Oh, I I didn't know. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. I mean Arnold Schwarzenegger was the the governor of California as a Republican. Oh, was he? Yeah, Gray Why Davis got recalled. That? Gray okay. Davis got recalled. Arnold took over, and Why he was a I Republican. Think? Oh, I thought he was a Democrat. Oh, okay. No, no, he, he is now though. He's a massive. Uh, He's an actor. Yeah. You know, that's what he is. He's like, you know, you like when he was like, fuck your freedoms. Oh, yeah, that like was that. awful. Like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. But that's a lot of old people. Yeah. Old people get goofy. Yeah. They get scared. Like, it, they got real scared with the vaccines and the yeah. masks and all that stuff. And, and, that, and that's okay. Because it's more of an existential threat to them. It's a real threat to them. It's supposed to, like, 
22 year old people did not freak out too much about COVID. 22 right. year old gym rats were not like freaking out about COVID, yeah. right? Those are the least vulnerable. Yeah. Like, who's the most vulnerable? Older folks. Mm -hmm. So a guy like him. And I still don't think, like, you know, Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg came out and said something super aggressive on The View um, about the Holocaust and about Jewish people. And it was, like, far more, like, crazy aggressive than anything. But I don't think it was aggressive. It was just ignorant. It was just that was not factually what, incorrect right and like, you know what provably she got factually she got suspended for a couple of weeks she got a slap on the hand yeah you know and i'm not trying to call myself whoopi goldberg or anything right. but i know what you're saying you know like um there's the the, the rules are not applying to right. both sides basically no, no they're and, definitely not and they're showing us that and it's pretty aggressive and i think that you know there is room for healing i'd, I'd hope so or else we're just gonna stay in this like hateful place so i'd hope that people start breaking down um, what's really going on here and learn to have conversations. And I do think that by Trump, you know, not having the ability to, you know, act like presidential hurt in a way that um, we need to see our leaders be able to embrace the conversation, embrace debating. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's funny as hell. I think he was hilarious. But when he's sitting there like calling in the debates he's like calling names and it's you know yeah. it's not really setting an example of like how we can debate um how we all need to be talking together so that i think was a problem but i also think geez i mean like what the way what they what they were coming after him with like just wasn't gonna if he didn't say the aggressive stuff that he did did he even have a chance in hell of surviving that i don't know when you get to a certain point you know i think th there's there's a problem in this country when you can't have differing opinions we have to be able to debate and have differing opinions but someone like trump is so polarizing that he makes having an opinion that's different like if you have an opinion that's different than what the democrats have or the left-wing people have you're connected to trump like that's the problem with trump the problem with trump is not even necessarily his policy the problem is his personality right. and the way you can't have that kind of personality and be a leader. You can't be a leader that battles people on Twitter and calls like your ex-girlfriend horse face. <laughs> you like that is not, it's funny. It's Who funny. That to? One of them ladies oh, that was shit. accusing him of having sex. I, well, I look at Stormy I, Daniels. I look her, at what we're going face. through now and I look back at some of his interviews and I think he was a comedian. He oh, he's hilarious. definitely a comedian. He's got great timing. And I also think that what he did was he broke the back of major news media. I think he, I think that should be one of his proudest points is that he broke the, them over his knee. Um, and he will, he should be very proud of that. Well, um, he definitely exposed the, the, the holes in the way they do it. Yeah. That, that strategy that they have of just... It, only relying on him as a bad guy and attacking him for ratings yeah. when you saw when he got out of office and cnn's ratings dropped like 40 percent instantly yeah. it's like whoa msnbc same deal it's gonna be like that for a long time so i, I just Maybe. didn't i just didn't think you know i just didn't think it was uh i don't I, who knows he who knows what he was dealing with right like do you get offers now to do like mainstream movies again or is, has it come back around at all it's not not really, because I don't have that agency. There's been... Do you have another agency now? No, I'm kind of just rolling solo for a little bit. I'm a little bit scarred from yeah. the system. I do think it'd be nice to find somebody to kind of field some of these calls, but for right now, I'm really focused on creating and um, owning content myself. Um, 
you know, so I, things have a way of working themselves out. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not too worried about it. I just know I want to be surrounded with better people in the future. People that aren't just going to, you know, jump ship the second, you know. Yeah. That was, that was, that made them kind of look bad more than anything. So. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. It's also, it's, there's a fucking real problem when someone can't express an opinion in a clumsy way. Yeah. Because that's part of being a human being, especially about part of being a human being who's not a professional speech maker. Right. Like right. You're, you're, it's not like you wrote all that stuff down and no. thought about it and vetted it and then posted it on Instagram. No, it's just like you with your phone. You're right. Saying, "Hey, we're kind of fucked right now. And yeah. This used to be bad. Like this is what how people used to treat people in Nazi Germany. Yeah. And like so killer. Not- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like hey. What'd you get canceled for? Telling neighbors not to not hate to each fight. other. Yeah, not to hate each other but, because of differing opinions. What I also like to do. Um, on my social media is I like to put out memes. I like to put out quotes. I like to put out things that a lot of the media would put on me what they thought I meant by it. When in reality, I mean, because they write it, they wrote that up as, um, you know, conservatives are, she's comparing herself to, uh, she's comparing conservatives to the Jewish people in the Holocaust. That's not how I read that. And all of them wrote up the, you know, the articles on that, that said, that's what I was doing. What I was saying is let's maybe talk to each other and so it doesn't get to a place that's, you know. The idea that it can't get to a place like that, again, is so ignorant. People are so silly. I this, know. this mindset that we're past the Holocaust. It, it, we're not if you're in North Korea. We're not if you're in China and you're a Uyghur Muslim. Right. We're not, there's, there's parts of the world right now that are in hori- under the thumb of a horrendous dictatorship. Well, look at Canada. Yeah, it's Holy wild. shit. You can't be a trucker in Canada, and you can't... Well, you can. You can't. You just have to, like, do everything Trudeau says. Oh, man. Or you're misogynist and a racist. Oh, man. When he said that, a lot of them are racist and misogynist. Like, pull, show me some fucking evidence. Yeah. Like, you're just saying that because you, they don't want you to be able to enforce medical mandates? Dude, the way that guy talks, okay. He creeps me out. I, can't, I want... If, I would do a fight a hundred like in three months with that man. Have you ever seen the fucking photos of him, him fighting? Com- no, comparison to Castro. Oh yeah. The the this is the the big rumor yeah. is that his mother slept with Castro. Yeah. And I'm like, get out of here. And then you see pictures <laughs> of him next to Castro at various stages of Castro's life and his yeah. life, and you're like, holy I know, shit! <laughs> if that's not true, what a coincidence. <laughs> It's Have you seen it, Jamie? We should definitely bring it. Yeah, pull up the photos <laughs> comparing Justin Trudeau to Castro. I just don't like the way he talks. The way he talks is like, well, um, you know, and, you know, just like, yeah. oh, my gosh, man. Like, No, he's a fake smart person. That's what he is. He's a fake smart I person. I hope it's coming to him, though. Like, there's there's a series of images that show him next to Castro. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, look at that. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? How much yeah. more evidence do you need? Make that a little <laughs> bit bigger. Listen, oh if God. I was a betting man, look at that. If I was a betting man, <laughs> I'm pushing all my fucking chips in on the Castro. Well, come on. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, maybe it's a coincidence. We investigated those damning rumors about Fidel Castro being Justin Trudeau's real dad. 2018, they did this. Aren't they losing like the power of press there as What's well? That? 2016. Oh. Uh, I mean, like I feel really awful for what Canada oh, yeah. is going through. I have a lot of friends in Canada trying to get out now. I mean, people are escaping, right? Yeah, they're um, trying to get out. Well, they they were under the opposed they they were under a medical apartheid. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. Apartheid is like forced separation. And they did the most, you know. And here's 
so the truckers went out, and it was obviously like they had bouncy, jumpy gyms, and they had their children out, and it was obvious that they weren't going to burn down any cities, right? And I think that that's where, um, that's where I kind of like um, I learned something with the the protests that were happening with the BLM riots and everything. I was like, oh, okay, so this is why they do that. This is why this happens is to put fear, the fear of God in the government, right? Um, so they weren't. The, the Canadian uh, government was not worried about these truckers um, no, burning down anything. He was worried about it looking bad and losing power and then losing elections. That's what he was worried about. Yeah. yeah. So my point there is kind of like I, I, I did. I was a little bit unaware of why people would do that, you know, and cause such a scene and hurt so much, you know, of the, these cities. And now I understand why they do it. Not to say that I would ever encourage that, but I understand why. Um, because after just looking at the trucker movement and how disrespected they got, it was like, dude, if they were a bigger threat down there, that wouldn't have been the case. You know, who knows? I mean, Canada is very different than the United States because it's much harder to get a firearm, much harder to get a handgun. Even harder now. Yeah. <laughs> Which for me is like, God, like I feel safer with my guns. <laughs> you know, I don't have the money for all that security that they have. I have yeah. to, you know, feel comfortable and safe. Well, that's what's crazy. It's like mm -hmm. they have armed guards. If you, you really think that no one should have a gun, then you, maybe your guard shouldn't have guns either. Right, right. Like, And by the way, criminals are still going to have the guns, but your guards won't. Right. Because that's how it goes when you change laws like that. Right. I mean, you, you would want to stop mass shootings. Everybody wants to stop mass Absolutely, shootings. Absolutely, yeah. You want to keep guns out of the hands of crazy people. Everybody wants to keep guns out of the hands of crazy people. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing a thing because you think that the ideology that you support wants to do that thing whether or not it's rational or reasonable like if you say everyone has to give their guns up that's it but this country's had enough criminals are not going to do that and we all know that right and if you say that people get angry at you like you're a part of the problem like no i'm just being honest right this is just my honest assessment of what i think criminals do they generally break laws and when you have a law that says that you can't have a gun anymore, that's 100% a law they're going to break. Right. <laughs> right. Well, it's, they're going to create a lot more more criminals, let's yeah. just say, because a lot of people aren't going to give up their That too. Guns. You're going to make criminals. Yeah. 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 It's just, look, it's a scary time for this country, but through scary times is how we sort things out and figure out what we should and shouldn't be doing. And so I feel like, what, what, are we, what should we do then? Um, we should have definitely more conversations like this, but what mm -hmm. else can we do? Because I'm always... I'm always, I feel like I'm always complaining. I'm never offering enough. Um, Time will sort it out. No. <laughs> it, that, that's going to happen. Well, through, do, through it, social media and through what's going on here, but through brave people, you know, through, through brave people like yourself, people that have to have these conversations, maybe yeah. forced into these conversations. Mm -hmm. If Elon Musk buys Twitter, that will, that will have a massive impact. Do you impact. think it's happening? I think it's happening. Yeah. That will have a massive impact because... Um, I feel like me and Elon Musk are in this really fun little like meme war that he doesn't know about. <laughs> You're in a meme war? No, not war. But, like, like he puts out a meme and like... Because my name's been associated with his a lot as people who like are standing up against this you know, oh, yeah? thing. So I'm always like... Are there memes with you guys together? No, no. Memes like like who's got the best like meme kind of thing. I'm oh. sure like the rest of Twitter thinks that they're in that kind of competition yeah. as well. But we should tell Elon Musk, I'm in a meme battle with you. To well, the, see. the problem with Twitter is Twitter is they without doubt have shadow banned people. They without doubt have silenced people. They without doubt have banned people for having a different ideology than they do. And they without doubt let people say horrendous, awful things to people that are conservative because they think it's okay. 
because yeah. they are not they're not even in the way they decide what is acceptable or unacceptable it, it definitely crosses ideological boundaries like there it's on there's a, an ideological box that you can operate in where you can say some pretty fucking horrendous shit but if you say horrendous shit to people that you think are against trans rights you could say that right if you say horrendous shit to people that are anti-vaccine you're allowed to say that you're allowed to mock their deaths you're allowed to hope they die you're allowed to say all kinds of terrible you're, things you're allowed to let it trend on twitter yeah and take somebody's job who yeah. i mean i worked 10 years in fighting and i worked 10 years in acting I never have had a handout. I've never compromised for myself. I've done nothing but like show up to set and absolutely give every part of me to that movie or that show and with my full heart, you know. Meanwhile, I've got co-stars that aren't even allowed to come to set unless they have two security guards. Um, I mean, the shit I've seen, <laughs> like I'm a good I'm a good person to work with. And because I didn't toe the line of, in narrative, um, I lose everything and I have to start from scratch. And well, you could probably have said that what you said at any other time in history, and people would have kind of understood what you were doing. But post Trump, the world is bro like if you said that in 2014, I think people would have disagreed with you on certain aspects of it. Maybe people would have complained, but I don't think you would have gotten fired. I think it's a it's a pro it's a post Trump reality. Yeah, and I think we need to like when I was voting, I didn't like the word. Um, you know, like, they, I didn't like the word Trumper, you know what I mean? I felt like that was kind of counterproductive to, I'm voting conservative. And it's nothing against Trump, it's just I felt like it was counterproductive to, like, you know, oh, okay, you're Democrat, you're Republican. Once you start putting these, like, names on people, it, it becomes, like, you, they become less human, and you're right. able to demonize them more. And that's something that I feel like I was, like, you know, let's not call each other, you know, I don't think Bidens or I hate the, like they the, don't have one. They don't. <laughs> they don't have one for Biden. They was don't. there was there an Obama er? <laughs> well, there was not like Obama people. Well, see when when Obama came into power, I was like, that's cool, you know. Like he seems like he's a well-spoken, yeah. you know, dude that's like gonna, you know, because um, I didn't know anything about politics, so I didn't know how he was affecting the world, and so I didn't start paying attention. I was just happy that you know. He was a statesman. He's yeah. a, a perfect representative of what you want from a president. Yeah. So I didn't even vote uh, in the Hillary Clinton and the um, the Trump the first one. I was like, that I'm not popping my cherry there. <laughs> I'm not popping my cherry on this that vote. Like I'm just gonna stay out of that. Like that just it didn't seem like a good idea. But when it came to the Biden and Trump, I was like, our country is gonna be so hurting after we get done locking it down like we did mm -hmm. and all of the emotions and all of this, we need a powerful person to bring us back. And like, I don't understand, like they're trying to push all of this agenda stuff that is really collapsing our economy right now. The Biden administration is like, he could have really just brought back the country and then done that. Like why, like he's hitting us hard two times, like the recovery from COVID-19 and then like switching everything over into, you know, this uh you know green energy um agenda right so it's like we're getting hit twice with like the gas and everything it's like we're getting hit so hard why could he could have like made himself a hero come back bring the economy back i don't back. think he has and i think he has very little to do what happens what happens day to day so I there's think somebody behind it there's probably quite a, a few people and no, it's on there's purpose. people that are <laughs> doing it because it's profitable for them it's beneficial for them and they're realizing now that it's not. 
right? This is one of the reasons why they're trying to move closer to the center and because they're realizing that this uh, sort of radical left ideology is pushing more people to the right because it really is. Who are these people, do you think? What people? The people you're talking about. The people that are in control of everything. These are what you would call deep state. These are Mm -hmm. lifelong politicians that don't get elected that are, you know, they're not really politicians. They're people in government positions. Like if you think about anybody in the intelligence agencies, people that are, uh, in the Pentagon, th- th- these people, they don't get elected. This is not like people you get to vote for. You don't get to vote for who goes to, who decides to take us to, you know. Or. Th- 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 well, you kind of do <laughs> in that it's a president. The pe- president is the commander in chief. But the influencers, the people that step in and try to manipulate things to get us to do one thing or the other thing based on the amount of money that they're getting from these special interest groups. And so these people, are they heads of corporations or are they... There's a lot of that too. Yeah, There's a lot so of that like, too. There's a lot of the pharmaceutical drug companies, oil companies, energy companies. They're, what they're doing, they're, what they're trying to do is maximize their profits, right? That's what all these companies that are... If There's no reason for them to be investing in politicians if it's not profitable. In the World Economic Forum then? Is That's that- bizarre. That's the most bizarre one. The yeah. fucking dude who dresses like Darth Vader. <laughs> Klaus Schwab's from the World Economic Forum. He can be in one of my movies. He can bring his own wardrobe. That motherfucker is wild. He's like a bad guy in a movie. (laughs) Well, and then you can have Justin Trudeau and Gavin Newsom right there with him. And it's like you got a full on. Opportunity for the Great Reset. (laughs) Do you believe in the Great great Reset? I don't know what it means. I mean, he wrote a book on it. It's a real thing, it's a real idea. Yeah. What does it mean, though? Yeah. I mean, I'd really have to go deep into the economics of it to understand it. That'll be the next that, book. That seems like I'm exhausted already just <laughs> thinking about doing that. I think these motherfuckers want to control as much as they can. And I think they would love to have a digital currency that's centralized, mm. a controllable digital currency like they have in China attached to a social credit score. So if they yes. have a social credit score system, they can decide, hey, Gina, you're stepping out of line. Yeah. I don't think you should be able to buy a house. Yeah. And they'll deny you a loan. And that is the kind of shit that is 100% going on right now in and China. And so how do we, how do we like, like, let's offer some options. Like, how do we well, shake I think free that's this? one of the reasons why they hate things like crypto. And you. Because cryptos <laughs> and, <me. laughs> and you and me, yeah. yeah. Cryptos are, cryptocurrencies are decentralized, and the government doesn't have control over them. They can't decide. If, if everyone is buying computers and cars and stuff with, Bitcoin. The government has no control over that. They, they can't control what it costs. They can't control, you know, how you use it, mm. where it's stored. You're storing it on a phone. It's fucking just, it's, it's out there in the world somewhere. It's not even a physical thing like gold coins like you can keep in Fort Knox. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not based on anything. If they could figure out a way to have a centralized digital currency, they could control people much better. Mm. Decentralized things, whether it's decentralized podcasts, decentralized cryptocurrency, that kind of stuff scares the shit out of them. Because that's kind of like the internet. The internet, what the internet is, is it changed the battleground because everybody gets to compete. Now, what you're seeing that's negative about that is like all these people that comment on Twitter and all these mean people that are posting things and all the the weird and people ganging up on people. See, that's the negative aspect. This is where human instincts get involved in this revolutionary groundbreaking technology, which is the ability to communicate for everybody instantaneously all around the world. 
So when human beings with our fucking goofy instincts get involved in this, you're going to see chaotic things like that. You're going to see gangs, people bullying people. You're going to see pylons. You're going to see virtue signaling. You're going to see all the weird shit that you see right now. And I think you're going to see these companies and and government, and I think you're going to see them employ some bots, which is why I think what Elon Musk is trying to do and get rid of the bots is a... so important. It's very important. Because what happens is, and I, I have a whole email to these publicists, you know, I was like, do you guys see what's happening? What's happening is I'm getting attacked from bots employed by what, who knows, a company, I believe. Um, and they employ the bots, and then that the bots kind of grab a hold of the, the younger generation, and they manipulate the younger generation into, you know, uh, the trans rights and all of this, and we're going to fire this, and, you know, fire Gina Carano all of a sudden, a sudden is in a hashtag. And none of these... Uh, None of these are like real accounts, but then they start to become real accounts with these younger gen- younger generation. Then, you know, of course, Hollywood's always looking at the younger generation. It's like Hollywood's so afraid to grow old. It's like they're always constantly like living through the younger generation. So then that makes it to the Hollywood news. Once it made it to the Hollywood news, now, you know, it's going to make it to the major news. And the publicist would tell me, so <laughs> like just something ridiculous, like, well, Gina, this Vanity Fair article isn't a great look. And then I'd be like, well, let me show you who wrote that. And I'd go check the the girl's Twitter, and I'd be like, this girl tweeted three weeks before this article came out that she was going to, on purpose, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to say something. you know." And she's a writer for, I believe it's Vanity Fair. I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to be great, meaning she's going to sabotage me in some way. And so then the day my episode came out in Mandalorian uh, season one, the day my first episode came out, her article comes out, and there's this like calculated attack coming from you know Lucasfilm employees, coming from Disney, manipulating because children. they connected you with Trump. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That you became the bad person. You became a representative of the Trump army because you were a conservative. So if you're a conservative, you're even, the bad. Trump wasn't even. I, but it's, I'm not saying same. it's logical. I'm not defending it. But this is just an aspect of human behavior that gets filtered through this revolutionary sort of groundbreaking technology. It's heartbreaking that people... But also, you get to do this. Also, this is also a part of the revolutionary groundbreaking technology. You get to express yourself like this. Where, you know, no one's telling you what you can and can't say. You can 100% express yourself. That is the good side of revolutionary groundbreaking technology. Yeah. Is that people like... You know, until you, they censor this whole entire thing. They're not censoring <laughs> shit. You, listen, you, you you get through. Yeah. Stuff gets through, and it it, it ultimately all of it gets sorted out in mm. the wash. So you feel like it's just time that's going to take yeah. everybody to wiggle free a little bit and start fighting back? There's going to be people that never fight back. There's going to be people that dig their heels in. There's going to be people that fucking get Pfizer tattoos. There's a bunch of pussies out there. There's a lot of people out there that are cowards. And the moment things get weird, they fall apart. It was really strange to see some of these rock stars like, you know, like Howard Stern and like, you know, some people that fought so hard during their, you know, their day about like freedoms and stuff and, you know, freedom of speech and all of this to kind of turn around and be like, let's send them all to the Mississippi River and like, you know, drown them or whatever he said. It's like, what? It's a cautionary tale. That's what it is. It's you a can slap tale. me right in the face if I if you see me ten years from now, and I'm like, I'm not going. It's not going to be you, but there's going to be people that that you you know you live long enough, your heroes will become villains. Yeah, a lot of people just fall apart. It's it's character. Some people have some character. They got a little character, and then when things get real, they fall apart. What do you think you're going to be in ten years? 
Uh, hopefully, I'll be right here. I like the spot. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, I'll be right here talking shit. Yeah. As long as I can keep my health. As long as I keep working out, you know, keep eating well and taking vitamins and being smart. It's, um, I, I think I'll evolve my thoughts, but my principles in terms of like the way I look at things, of being as brutally honest as possible and as nice as I can be. Those things are very important to me. The, the opinions that you have will evolve and change over time because information evolves and changes, you change, your perspective is different, but I'm always gonna be honest about my perspective. And you know, I might be wrong about things, but I'll tell you when I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I, I always wanna come in and go, hey, I fucked up, yeah. this is wrong, and this is why I thought it was that way, and I will never lie. I yeah. will never lie on purpose. I will never like go out of my way to say things that are untrue to paint a, a, a different picture of the world or a picture of the world that will satisfy some company I'm working with right. or I'm not interested in that. Yeah. And I, I don't have to. So I'm just going to keep doing why, this. I think that's why people really are drawn to you. And um, I don't do this a lot, but this has been, you know, really nice. I, I have to do a couple more after this, but then I, I kind of want to, I kind of, I think people know where I stand that, 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 you know, where I've stood in the last two. And by the way, I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I hope that I, I was hoping I was wrong about a lot of stuff. It's not that I sat there in my phone and thought, you know, oh, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to, you know, people start getting vaccine injured, you know, like to, to prove me right. Like I really wanted to be wrong about a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing now about the economy. I wasn't even like just hoping that Biden would just destroy Like, okay, awesome. Like, get, let's get back on track. Like, but I just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of myself for the last two and a half years. Um, I can't wait to move forward and not have to talk about this cancellation, you know, stuff. I can't wait to get back into art and really just, you know, sink into all of that and disappear into it. Um, but for the moment, I think it's been important. And I hope that more and more people understand, even if we have opposing views. Patricia Arquette, I think you're phenomenal. Like, it's okay for us to exist. She thinks same. you stormed the Capitol. <laughs> I know. ask me and I'm like what where were you <laughs> there's like, a thing that happens to older women in Hollywood and uh, th I'm just saying this in general I'm not saying this about Patricia Arquette because there's there's multiple examples of girls who are really pretty when they were young and then they get older and they become the most uninformed activists the w weirdly uninformed mm -hmm. like goofy Twitter activists I know I'm like where are you finding the time because they, they don't have a fucking life <laughs> like what do you wake up in the morning and I look at my verified ones to yeah, you know go look at Alyssa Milano's tweets oh lord it's out of her fucking mind oh. but that's this is what happens to these people there's yeah. they need some something real some real fight some real cause some real thing and it's probably inside their own head. Yeah. The real battle is probably in their own I mind. I know. I, that's what I felt like. I felt like I entered a conversation. My, uh -huh. Something popped up on her, the news feed, and it was in the middle of a conversation she was having with herself. And, I, like, my article just popped up. Meanwhile, if you sat down and talked with her, I bet you'd probably have a reasonable conversation I if bet, she's not completely I, crazy. I bet we'd have a full bottle of wine, and we'd sit there and laugh, and we'd yeah. have some similar stories, and we'd have some very... Um, different point of views, and it would be fun, and and I think it would be amazing. And if you couldn't, I bet it'd be on her. 
What do you mean? If you couldn't have that kind of a peaceful, yeah. like civil conversation, I bet it would be on her. I, would, I don't think it would be you. Yeah. I think you're you're a nice person. I think you'd listen to her. I think yeah. you'd talk to her. I'm interested, actually. Please, like, talk yeah. to me about your perspective. I really want to understand. That's what we need in this world. Mm -hmm. That's what we need in this world. We yeah. need people talking to people, but also talking to people without an agenda just be honest be yeah. open we can disagree but like i want to know why you think the way you think yeah you yeah. know don't just demonize people there are a bunch of trumpers or this or that like yeah okay yeah yeah cheers to that yeah i didn't exactly vote for what trump. <laughs> you didn't. I didn't vote for trump no i vote for joe jorgensen because I, th I thought this and people were calling me a trump supporter because i said i wouldn't vote for biden because I knew exactly what was going to happen. And exactly, it's exactly what you're what's seeing. Right. This is what I called. And I said, his cabinet's going to be responsible for everything. He's not going to be able to do anything. I'm like, he is deteriorating rapidly, and the stress of being in office is going to be way worse. I go, I'd vote for Trump before I'd vote for Biden. That's what I said. And it's but like, I didn't say I was going to vote for Trump because I didn't. And it's not, can I have a little more whiskey? Hell yeah. It's not like I'm sitting there wanting to make fun of an old man. By the way, I have so much respect for um, the elderly, you know? The last thing you want to see is like a freaking old man um, falling down on his bike. Yes, it was so sad. Mm. I hate that. Although I no. feel like you know what's sad to me. I feel Children like there's been in third world yeah. countries that don't, can't get. Oh any my gosh, food. you sound like Kevin. That's what's sad to <laughs> that's, me. That's... Biden falling on his bike is like hilarious. <laughs> it was fucking funny. You know well, why? Because he didn't even get hurt. It wouldn't so be. It was funny. It wouldn't be so sad. It, it, I would probably be a lot more sad if I didn't feel like the entire family is just like a crime. Like, you know, just oh, completely yeah. like sold out America to yeah. other countries. So I would feel more sad. But it's not like I wanted to see, you know, I want I didn't want to see this happen to an elderly um, you know, person. And to be honest, in the future, I think, you know, I would really like to see a um, you know, a younger president who has the energy and um the drive and the passion, you know, like I, I would really like to see, you know, that kind of person that really has the intentions of bringing conversation to the table. Um, you've you've interviewed Tulsi a bunch of times. I love Tulsi. She's incredible. She'd be an amazing president. I think. Hey, can you imagine if she was our vice president? Right? If she was, we'd be like, oh, we can't wait. Like, yeah, he's he's done. Push him off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great! That's gonna be trending. <laughs> Joe Rogan, push him off a cliff. <laughs> I, that's not. I was saying that in jest, ladies and gentlemen. Only in jest. Was behind no. the bicycle incident. She's um. She's unusual in that they keep trying to label her right wing too. She was literally a Democratic congresswoman for eight years. Yeah. She was a Democratic congresswoman from Hawaii, a woman of color, served uh, and uh, was deployed overseas twice in medical units. So dealing with people that are blown up. She's a great person. She's amazing. She's be an amazing leader. And Ron DeSantis is yeah. But so, the thing is, like, they're scared just get, of her. Let's they're get fucking, that group They're together. so scared of her that she has all the qualities they want. You want a woman president? There you go. You want a woman of color? There you go. You want a woman who's a veteran? There you go. There you go. You want, you want yeah. someone who served in government was a congresswoman? There you go. Yeah. You I mean, while you've things. got Kamala looking like she's got some sort of like secret gun held to her head to where she can't even like, you know, she's her sentences just go round and round. They're I'm like, great. She she makes it's me... about the passage of time. <laughs> it's about time and passing time. It's not and fun. That's why we have watches. <laughs> we have watches because otherwise, how would you know how much time has passed? <laughs> time is a fleeting time type thing that only <laughs> only happens when time passes. If you just sit there, so let's be good to each other with time. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was amazing. That's better than hers. 
That's better than her writing. It, yeah, that's she, way that better than her. That lady just wings it. She's oh. just winging it. No, do you think she wings it or do you think that oh. she's... I, I think in the headlights. She looks scared. She should be scared. She looks absolutely petrified. She should be scared that they don't dig up her record and find out what she actually has done. Yeah. To find yeah. out what she's done to all those people that she kept in jail longer mm -hmm. than they were supposed to be released. To use them as cheap labor for the state to fight wildfires. Yep. Well, the people that she tried. That was my friend, actually. Really? <laughs> well, yeah, he was in one of those prisons, I think. Um, he, yeah. He... Yeah, look, that lady laughed about whether or not she'd smoked marijuana after she put people in jail for it. Yeah. There, there's, there's some fucking evil shit that's involved in that kind of lack of compassion for human beings that she displayed. And we, if we had a Tulsi right there, I don't think it would be a question. I think everybody would be like, great, okay, yeah. next. Well, when, okay. She, when Tulsi sank Kamala Harris during the debate. So sweet. Holy shit. Dude, that was sexy. <laughs> that was sexy. Yeah. Well, they thought that Kamala was going to be the one, and Tulsi was like, hang on a second, because oh. here's what's real. And when she said that, people were like, what the fuck? Is that real? And then yeah. they started Googling it. And that was the end. Yeah. That was the end. She literally fell out of Canacy right then <laughs> until, <laughs> like, and then meanwhile, she was like, the, the stuff that she said about Biden when he was running against her was horrible. Yeah. But then she's like, it was a campaign. <laughs> did you see that interview she no. did with Colbert? No. She's like, it was a campaign. Oh, I don't know. Oh, you're about you're allowed to say things you don't believe during I mean, a campaign. That's all they well, fucking ever do, right? Cut me out, then. I'm yeah. never. I'll never do that. They they needed somebody that wouldn't overtake Biden, um, and she's she's not overtaking him. Ever. I think I think Biden, with all of what he's been involved in, and his son, and his. Um, his uh, brother I think with all of his he, there's no way that there shouldn't have been like some sort of massive impeachment trial by yeah, now but they're keeping that shit out of the news because they don't want Kamala to be next so I think both the Republicans and Democrats are like oh, oh, we Jesus don't want that Christ. next so we're just gonna like hang out for a couple years he's not years. gonna make it though he's not gonna make it the well, way I described him I go he's like going for a long walk in the woods with a battery with a week with a f I fucked it up oh do it again no, wait do <laughs> it again. again you gotta do it again the way I said it, it said Biden is like going for a long walk in the woods with a flashlight with a weak battery. Oh, like you're God. not going to make it. And he's taking America. Well, I said it the other way, him. though. I said it's like going on having a flashlight with a weak battery and going for a long walk in the woods. But that's what it's like. It's like you knew going in that what he is is like this old guy who is clearly suffering suffering from some signs of deterioration he's been suffering he that can, for a decade he said well he's had multiple brain surgeries yeah he had aneurysms like like serious where they have to take the top of your head out and like drain blood and then screw it back in place yeah. <laughs> and it's like and then he's got a stutter too which fucks him up even worse so like and people think he's dumb just because he he has this stutter it's like it's a disaster and like i yeah, it would And then be... we're almost in a nuclear war with Russia. You know, Russia, there was uh, some Russia's articles reading yesterday. Russia's thriving right now, aren't they? So what happened no. with that? They're, no, not, they're, not, they're thriving. not thriving? No, no, Oh, I thought, no, their, no, I thought their economy no. was, like, good in their... No, no, oh, no, okay. no. Their economy's fucked right now because oh, of the it? embargoes. Yeah, okay, because yeah. we're... Uh, the sanctions. We're, that, that's we're imposing the misinformation sanctions I've been getting then because I feel like, you know, like, they're, they're looking at Russia and they're like, okay, they're fine. Um, we're the ones that are suffering, but they're suffering as well. Well, we are suffering, but they're suffering too. The sanctions are fucking up the whole world. The whole it's it's a scary thing when the whole world is looking at this one superpower 
that decides to invade another sovereign country yeah. and no one knows what to do and everyone's worried that China's going to do it to Taiwan. Yeah. So it's just like let's stand by and see what happens China thing. just did like didn't like today or yesterday they had like the largest fleet of um planes like yet circle around Taiwan or something like that. Oh great. I know. What fun. I know. <laughs> I yeah, know. so all this stuff is happening while we have a dead man as a president. Yeah. You know, it's it's just. Um, are it's you throwing not, out any um, fun. any support towards anyone? Or are you going to hold off and? Because uh, I know didn't Elon Musk uh, come out recently for DeSantis? Yeah, yeah, I think Ron DeSantis would work as a good president. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, what he's done for Florida has been admirable. Look at I feel like I'm doing breaking news right now. Yeah. That wasn't even on purpose. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I feel like what he did for Florida. A lot of people gave him a lot of grief, but ultimately he was correct. He was correct when it comes to like deaths. He was correct when it comes to protecting our vulnerable populations. He was correct in terms of distribution of monoclonal antibodies. And he was furious when the government tried to pull those. They were trying to pull very effective treatments. You know, he is not perfect. He's a human being. But um, what he's done is stand up for freedoms. And mm. people think that, that so there's, there's some weird gaslighting shit that went on where people equated freedom and saying the word freedom to like right wing bigotry and hate is so strange. Well, it was also it was also American flags. Yeah. So it was like if you had an American flag on your truck, you know, living in California. That one we have right there. Right. People were saying that I was a right wing person because I had that one behind. It's over there now. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the sign. But that was oh. the one that was behind. Why me. do you hate America, Joe? <laughs> Why do you hate America? <laughs> Um, that fucking sign, I love that um, flag. I love that flag, and that used awesome. to be the background of the show. It got, it got like, uh, it, it's like Trump demonized. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, those same people are now complaining about January sixth, and you know, say like it's just really weird. It's really weird, like the back and forth that goes on here. So, like they're burning flags, a, a bunch of the like, okay, they're pro burning flags, and then now they're pro flag. But then they still associate it with Trumpers, and it's just like they're pro flag. If you're like like a diversity flag, you have to have a good flag. Oh, you have to have a pride flag, or you have to have a, a BLM flag, or you flags. have to have a a fucking hammer and sickle. People are out of their minds, yeah. and m- most people, what what happens is they have like this narrow band of information they attach all of their ideas to, and then they join a tribe. And that tribe enforces all of these ideas. And if you step outside those lines, if you say, you know, I actually think Trump's kind of funny. <gasps> Get the yeah. fuck out of here. And they, they'll push you into the desert. I you, know. You'll starve without us. I do they, think they, Trump is kind of funny. I will funny. say it. He's funny. He makes me, me laugh. Like, he's hilarious. When he <laughs> called uh, Kim Jong-il Little Rocket Man, I was fucking crying. <laughs> I was fucking crying. The I, dude's a wild man. Oh, my gosh. And then, like, you know, you kind of look back at some of the stuff he's saying, and you're just like, I can't. He's a wild man. Yeah. He makes me laugh. He makes me Look, laugh, Look, I, I think if he wasn't president, I'd probably love him. Yeah. I've never met him it's in hilarious. person. He used to be in every rap song. They used to rap about him all the time. Yeah. People were always rapping about him. Yeah. I think come 2024, by the time the election is rolling around, people are going to be so sick of the way everything is going. He has a very legitimate shot of winning again. And I think people are going to be so tired of the way this administration's handling things. They're going to want any kind of change. And he, there's also a great compilation video of him calling 
exactly all the moves that have happened, him saying exactly what the ramifications of the Biden administration's policies are going to be for gas prices, what they're going to do, they're going to come for your guns. He's, he's saying, he said exactly the things that are absolutely happening now. He's mm-hmm. talking about gas yeah. is going to be $5 a gallon. <laughs> and it, it is. Yes. $7 a gallon. He said yeah. 5 6 $7 yeah. a gallon, and here we are. Here we are. I, exactly. So the economy's going to tank. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. He was so right He was 100% on so many- right. And like the Russian hoax and all yeah. of like all the stuff that he was saying, that is what I appreciated. I was like, some, finally, we don't have like a politically correct guy in there, and he's actually telling us like, Listen, what's going on. If COVID didn't happen, the economy would have been booming, yeah. and he would have re- got reelected. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I, do I don't too. think Biden would have had a chance. Yeah, if we were in the middle of a pandemic, you know, that's where the really crazy conspiracy theory people come into play because they think that they released the virus on purpose. I might be. I think I am. <laughs> I'm trying to like leave you out of this so you don't get more hate mail. <laughs> I no, I really honestly, I, I'll say this. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just, um, I think what happened, you know, I think the timing of everything was really awkward. You know, I think that the the blinders for me was, yeah, I feel like America's heart got broken this yeah. last, you know. So a lot of us that were so oblivious to what was happening, it's like somebody pulled down the blinders and they went up and it was like, oh my gosh, like yeah. I'm not, now I don't trust anything. You know what I mean? So right. I I might be a little bit extreme when it comes to that because I just, just started paying attention in 2020. So I'm like, this, and I hate to see fellow Americans, like I hate to see their heart broken the way mine's been broken and understanding that like, oh my gosh, so much has been a lie yeah and um that crushes me so i really just have a bit of trust issues when it comes to you know the timing of things i have have trust issues when it comes to all of it but i have to say my heart is still open i'm not you know damaged i'm not bitter i'm just my heart is open i just need to understand and keep having conversations and keep watching how things play out and we have a real problem, and one of the real problems is the the representatives that we have in this country are disingenuous and really bad at it. Yeah, they 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 come across as being these weird artificial people that talk like this and use like hand gestures that everyone else uses because they think it's the way to say it. Yeah, have you seen this new White House press secretary talking about how the economy is in the the best shape it's ever been? Yeah, and everybody's like, what the <laughs> fuck? are you talking about? This is what I love is when they get the like thing out, which they got from that Kaylee, Kaylee yeah. chick, right? Yeah. And they're just like looking through it and knowing damn well. They're like, shit, where is, like, okay, I'm just going to, we don't have that answer yet. And they just yeah. keep going through their paper. And it's well, like, Jen Psaki was better at it than this new girl. This new girl is new and she's got to gotta learn on the job. Jen Psaki was really good at what she did. She's good, really I mean, good at bullshitting. I hate, <laughs> I, I did not like to watch her. She, The way she did, talked down to people. Condescending. It was yeah. so disgusting to me, but um, she was really good at doing that. Well, it's a battle, and that's what's unfortunate about it. It's not a real conversation about facts. It's a battle to try to win each conversation that you have with these people that are in the audience. And now this Every girl, question, and this girl's, she's not qualified. She's not qualified. She's not doing good at but it. But I think but, but maybe you can't in lie a way, like that. maybe in a way, um, it's coming off better for them because she's not so confrontational. confrontational and maybe. so maybe it's making that, that she really looks like a you know a gentle little cute little soul back you know but you see Don Lemon even questioned her yeah like, is the president gonna be yeah. able to run are you we should even be having this question Don. <laughs> you're asking me I this can't question? even keep up with him yeah, but, I can't keep up with him then yeah. you need to go to a doctor <laughs> 
Okay, because you're young and healthy. What the fuck are you talking about? You can't keep up with him. I know. It's just lies. They're just lies. It's just a lie. That, but that's what that I'm saying. Kaylee McKinney, that's yeah. how you say her name. She, she was, was a such killer. a stud. She was the best. She was the best. Such at a it. freaking stud. I miss watching and her. And even the way she was confrontational was pretty pleasant. Yeah. And she then she threw in like, a little dig every once in yeah. a while. It was so great. It was great. Yeah. She was great at it. I mean, but, why is Peter, what's his name? Peter, Peter Ducey? Yeah. Ducey. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, why is he like the only guy that's asking any questions in there? Or are they starting to? I don't think they have many representatives. I feel of, like as soon as conservative Jen, news. Jen Psaki got like removed, now Peter is like, "This is my moment." Ah! Well, he like, was doing it with her too. You know, he caught her on a bunch of stuff. Like he caught on her on you know, like when when they were talking about illegal ali- uh, aliens getting mm-hmm. into this country. Yeah. You know, are you going to give them money? You know, like like this this the whole thing is trying. I mean, the White House press secretary's relationship with the the reporters. The whole thing is just trying to manipulate the view the American public has of each individual problem. Right. That, like they're saying, if this is coming out of my mouth, right? Like Biden's saying, this is coming out of my mouth, and we mm-hmm. all just have to believe it because you're yeah. the president. And he gets all upset and rages on his, you know, he's like, I am sick of these laws. And you're yeah. like, you're the he's one. He's out of his mind. Oh, my word. It's, he's sad. That's a, you're watching a guy that shouldn't be in that position. You shouldn't. It's not fair to let him be in that spot, like, because he's compromised mentally. Yeah. There's something wrong. Well, he's and, been compromised more than but that. But there's that. Yeah. There's that. But, I mean, his his mind's not functioning correctly. No, yeah. Clearly. Yeah. And so it's sad because it's just like giving everybody an opportunity to dunk on. Yeah. And me, as a comedian, I kind of feel bad. It's like I, I thought you didn't been feel bad. dunking on him. <laughs> it's like it's so easy. It's like punching a blind guy. It's like... <laughs> Well, if that blind guy is selling out your country to other countries, yeah. then you better be punching that blind, punch, yeah. punching the fuck out of him. There's a lot of that too. Um, but, but my pro- my point is, it's like it's very hard for us to have reasonable, intelligent dialogues with each other when our representatives don't seem reasonable or intelligent. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Gonna, you know, it's going to be really awful and really funny and maybe comedic. Is you're going to get a bunch of celebrities who are just like. Vote Biden. You know, taking off their clothes. Vote Biden. They're gonna eventually in five years are gonna be they were gonna be the ones, you know, saying that uh, you know, telling stories, Hollywood movies about this time. I feel like, you know, five years from now, three years from now, hopefully sooner, people are gonna tell stories about what really happened during this time. They're gonna try to gaslight us. For the, yeah, they're not gonna be able to because of the internet, because there's enough independent news sources. You know, whether it's Breaking Points or Kyle Kalinske or Glenn Greenwald or Sam Harris or or Brett Weinstein or, you know, this podcast or whoever I get on, they're not going to be able to gaslight us, but, but they're going to try to. They're going to try these to. Documentary, like, look, at the Vietnam documentaries on Netflix that come out, eventually you got to kind of, like, eventually these stories come out, you know. And She compared COVID to <laughs> Vietnam! Cancel her again! <laughs> Just keep me canceled, Don't guys. you know 60,000 <laughs> Americans died of Vietnam?! <laughs> Just, just you know what? Keep me canceled for a good couple of years. It's just you know, I don't want to be uncanceled at this point. You might point. be right though. You might be right. They might come out with a documentary that shows all the fuckery once Fauci's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, he's eighty. You know, he's yeah. probably not going to live that much longer. Yeah. I mean, I, I, maybe they'll maybe they'll like go into depth the same way they went into depth with the cigarette companies when they did that document or that uh, film, The Insider, with Russell Crowe. I have to write that down. Fucking wild really? movie. Where you find out what was really involved in in cigarettes and he was a, a sci- it's based on a true story he's a scientist that worked with the cigarette companies to engineer the chemicals in cigarettes to make them more addictive mm-hmm. and he lays it out in court exactly how it was done meanwhile 
These guys were testifying that cigarettes were neither addictive nor dangerous when they knew they were causing cancer. Way back in the fucking 50s, they knew they were causing cancer. And this is what the problem is. Like, there's plenty of movies out there. What are some other movies? Radium Girls. Oh, mm -hmm. um, Dallas Buyers Club. Yes. That uh, Dr. Fauci is directly yes. involved with that story. Yes. And you've got these people playing these characters involved in these movies, and you're like, and you don't see any of, like, the... They don't want to see it in front of their face. I because mean, people want to be able to sleep at night, and the way you sleep at night is by putting blinders on and pretending that we're all on the right road. And when you're involved in a rigid ideology with left-wing progressive Hollywood, most certainly is. Left-wing progressive Hollywood is a very rigid ideology that's not well-informed oftentimes. You have your, a few like well-informed ones, but there's a lot of these people that are just going with the fucking flow of the river. Mm -hmm. And when those people, it takes a long time for them to get weeded out, for them to crash into the rocks, for them to die, for them to like move on. <laughs> That's what it is. And then new people come along. Go over the waterfall. <laughs> they can look at the, the sins of the past mm -hmm. and they go, hey, you know, back in 2020, this is why they were lying about the Pfizer reports. This is why they were trying to hide the data. This is why they were, the VAERS report is ineffective. This is why they were trying to influence doctors to not report things. This is why they were trying to do this. This is why they trying to demonize alternative medicines. This is why they were trying to do that. There was, it's a profit thing. So but accessing information and, and the amount of people that are going to keep on being frustrated and keep on... Start, I, I feel like more and more people will start speaking out and be so, like you said, they're going to be so frustrated by this administration yeah. by the time it's done. Um, I feel like... And how, you know, how much, how, this has been a movement, you know, like there's like other streaming services, the Daily Wire, but there's more like the mm -hmm. Babylon Bee. But five years from now, those are going to be big companies. The Babylon Bee out onion the onion. Amazing. They're fucking so funny. They're yeah. so consistently funny because mm -hmm. the funniest shit right now is woke shit. Yeah. And that's the shit that people on the left can't touch. So as a comic, you're left without ammunition. All the woke comics are fucking terrible. I know. They're terrible. And that's why the the funniest parody comedy now is coming out of the Babylon Bee. Yeah. Because what they're doing is poking fun at this most obvious, ridiculous shit. The truth is funny. It's truth. Yeah. But it's also, it's like, it's the one thing you, you're not allowed to touch. Mm -hmm. So they're running rampant if it wasn't for the Babylon Bee. So what happens? The Babylon Bee gets kicked off of Twitter, mm -hmm. which is crazy. They're taking a stand, too. They could take down that post and they could be back on. Oh, but my God. I do feel like we're- Mind-blowing. We just got to keep wiggling free. We just got to keep on making art. And um, and for, unfortunately, we're at this time in, in life as artists, you know, but also fortunately, right? Because yes. we can be at the start of something- um, really great that's going to make, you know, your kids, I don't have any, but my nieces um, make it a better. Are you going to have some? You and Kevin don't have cute kids. No. No, you don't want any? I'm getting elderly now. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and you maybe I, got a year left. I looked at everybody while they were in, like, quarantine, and I was like, okay, that does not look fun. <laughs> like, I just. You mean trapped with kids? No, I just, it just doesn't, I don't, I. It's just not for you. I don't know. It doesn't I mean, have to be for you. I'm not trying to pressure you into having kids. I mean, I feel like there's going to be a lot of kids that need adopt. Adopting, That's true too. And yeah. I'm very like my heart would be so grateful to do that. But I do. I That's got a, beautiful. I got a little bit of a young spirit. I I want to travel still. I haven't reached um, where I want to be in um, creating art and doing stuff like that. And I also think I'd just be a crazy person. Like I'd be. I mean, if the world keeps going in this direction, I'll be in prison if I had kids. You know what I mean? I'm just, my heart would just, I, I can't imagine right. how much your heart breaks thinking about the world that you're not going to be able to control once your kids are but old. But no now. one ever is able to control the world. 
you I know, just, when you I have, know myself. This is a thing that you have when, when people say, oh, I would never want to have kids today. I'm like, oh, yeah, why would you with all the books and medicine and shit? People were here because people fucked before they had doors. Yeah. Okay? They, they made children when we had no rules or laws or languages, and that led yeah. to us living today. But look, I'm You're not going to be able to control the world. I'm just knowing myself and how emotional, emotionally sensitive I can be. I just, um, I think that it just, it, it, it petrifies, because I know what it is, love. I know what loving your child is, and I think that it's just, for me, that's the scariest thing in the world. Yeah, but it also makes you more understanding and kind, and it matures I'm pretty you. damn understanding and kind. I need but to have changes, children for that. But no, I mean, it's a, it's a different thing. It changes. You, you should not have children if you don't have children. Yeah. I'm not saying you should, yeah. but it, it changes people. And I think for a lot of people, it changes people for the better. But listen, nothing is guaranteed. Some people change them for the worse. Some people get crazy. Look, there's not, there's, you can't ever know what the fuck is going to happen you when you overcome. Of, yeah, you can't be afraid of it, but I'm yeah. just. Then don't. Well, and I also, I love, I just want to, I really want to do art and I want to tell stories and I want to keep doing what I'm doing, you know? Good. So until like, it's like, let's put a baby in there. Then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, or let's. Let's get a baby because there's so many, so many children that yeah, um, no, that's them. that's beautiful. So I, I that. definitely will. I think it's going to be more on the adoption, is what I'm saying. Good, do that. I think so. There won't be mom. any more. <laughs> there won't be more little troublemakers in life. That came well, out there of me. still will be troublemakers. <laughs> you have a couple. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I guarantee. Is the middle you, child like, you... the troublemaker because I'm a middle child and I yes, think, my yeah. middle child is the wildest one. Here we are. Yeah, but it's um. You learn. I have a, a friend who's a, a yoga instructor, and he said that uh, like he had children literally on purpose to educate himself. And he said, well, "He's a, he's a great dad. Don't get me wrong." Yeah. But he said, "Like I wanted to know. I I wanted to educate myself through the development of other human beings." He goes, "I really thought about it that way." I was like, "Wow." And he goes, "Yeah, I did it like in many ways out of love because we wanted children." You know, my wife and I talked about this, but also I thought it'd be a great way to to learn. Um, no doubt, yeah. no doubt that it's got to be the most powerful thing you could ever do. It it changed me. Yeah, it changed everything I think about life because I I I change it changed the way I think about human beings because I used to think of human beings as being a static thing. Like today was the first day I've met you physically, mm -hmm. and I would think of if I never knew of you because I did obviously know of you. I would think of you as you now, and I don't think of anybody as, I think of them as babies that grew up, because I've been with babies that are now oh, people, right, and right. I've watched like life experiences and education and just all these different environments sh form and shape their view of the world and their personality. That's what I think of people now. That's awesome. So when I see people that are fucked up and even mean people and bitchy people, I feel sad because I say, well, that's, that's a broken baby. That's yeah. what that is. I always look at people I don't really like and I, I try to Im imagine them in their kitchen with a dog. Um, and I, if I don't feel bad for that dog, <laughs> then I'm like, okay, they can, they can have a little leni leniency. But if I feel bad for that dog, then I'm like, fuck that person. <laughs> well, some people need enemies, right? And they create enemies that maybe they don't even have to create because of their unreasonable stance on things, the way they, yeah. they talk to I people. I really do way. think. I like, I'm like, okay, this person got to, you know, you know, maybe she's a producer and, you know, she's been through like a really hard history and, and I try to like look at things reasonably. I'm not just instantly hating people. I don't do that. 
um, I, everybody, I, like I, when I meet people, then, then that's when I'm like, okay, I understand this person a little bit more. But yeah. I, I don't go off of hearsay. I don't go off of anything. So, Dude. yeah. We should all be more like that. Yeah. Gina Carano, it's been a fucking good time. Oh, thank it's you. It's been a good time. I'm glad I got to meet you. Uh, I've always been a fan of you as a fighter and as a person, and you are exactly how I thought you'd be. Oh, thank you. So you're going to be fine. It's yeah, all going to work out. I believe that, and uh, thank you. So for all you haters, go eat shit. <laughs> She's better and stronger because of all this. And thank you. Thank you for being my pleasure, such, my a, pleasure. such a light, such a person that's going to, like, you know, I think you'll one day they'll be making a movie off of you. Don't. They'll fuck it up. <laughs> right. Who would play you, though? Who would play you? Uh, Mario Lopez. Bye, everybody. <laughs>